Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for january 4th 2023 hi i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your wednesday evenings wherever you may be and i'm joined by the chicago city bandit apparently Jesse, my buddy Jesse, who's suffering from a 102.6 fever with COVID, still shows up to work tonight. My goodness, man, I've never seen such dedication in my entire life. Brother, what is going on, man? Everything is roses. Nothing to see here, bro. Nothing to see here with his AEW. Where'd you get that AEW mask from, bro? Uh, Wintrust. Oh, look at they, this guy. They, this guy's got the merch dance. Bro, you listen, and people call me a fucking TK shill, man. You got an AW hoodie on, you got AW mask, you got an AW beanie. Oh my goodness, man. Like I've always said, AEW puts out perfect television with no problems ever. There you go. Well, tonight there was no fucking problems at all, man. What what a what a goddamn show tonight, man. I said this on social media. I said it in the beginning while I was driving the stang to the venue. Um, Tony Khan, man, when he enters a new city, when he brings AEW to a new city for the first time, he absolutely delivers big time, man. He fucking delivered tonight. This was an absolutely incredible show tonight. Oh, God, man. It's getting fucking hot. Yeah, it was, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This was, um... This was fun from the, from the jump, and it never really let up, man. No. Um, it never, it never really let up. You know, we had the, um, I mean, because of Red Velvet, even the Jade Cargill segment was somewhat interesting. So, it's- yeah, you know, the match, the, the ladies match tonight, though it was uh, something that I didn't really care about. Uh, it wasn't as egregious as it normally has been. No, no, the match was fine. I, I, I didn't understand it because I thought, um, I thought the Red Velvet and Jade already broke up. But nonetheless, I mean, it wasn't painful. It was fine. I mean, everything on the show was top-notch. It was. And we're going to start off with that. And I like that segue. Top-notch. Uh, Tony Khan and AEW and the production team absolutely hit a fucking grand slam tonight with the set, with the production value of the show, with the color scheme of the show, with the new intro to the show. There were several different camera angles that I thought were... Nicely added to the mix. Uh, Mike Manzuri has uh, obviously taken control of the show. He is in charge of all this tonight, and we felt it more so tonight than we have in the last couple of weeks. I guess they were waiting for uh, his coming out party tonight on January 4 in Seattle. Uh, I noticed a couple of things, Jesse, as far as the production. I want to start with this. Uh, I thought the hard camera was uh, in, in... 
in a way where I want people to, to understand, it, it looked it looked tighter. I, I don't know if it, the, the visuals of the show just popped tonight. The hard camera looked a little tighter. Uh, there were several different uh, aerial cams during the show. There were uh, several moments in the show where they captured and they made a point to capture the facial expressions and the emotions of the wrestlers with nice close-up shots, different shots around ringside. I thought the production tonight Mixed with the new sets and the color scheme and how everything just kind of was laid out tonight. AEW, man, you know, we talk about WWE production being top of the, the mountain in pro wrestling. And I've seen some people not really too pleased with the color scheme because it reminded them of like Raw and SmackDown. But that's that's what you got to do, bro. That's the, that's the type of direction you need to go in. I, I love the lighting of the show. They nailed a Grand Slam tonight, man. The production was the best I have ever seen it for an AEW show and everything tonight, uh, minus Excalibur speed reading the fucking matches for Rampage and next week's Dynamite. Uh, I thought this was a fantastic production. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also don't think it's anywhere near the finished product. You know, no. We learn as we go. You know, we make some adjustments as we go. I, heard, I saw a lot of people saying how uh, Michael Mansory was not um, the one in charge who missed the the Rick Ross uh, slip up, but now we know Mansory is definitely here 100%, and we got another one through tonight. Well, uh, I mean, uh, we're not going to blame Rick Ross for the F-bomb that John Moxley dropped tonight. Uh, that was a uh, technical difficulty, and yeah. uh, he figured he would get, would get away with that because nobody heard him the first time, but uh, we heard him. <laughs> We, he, tried, he thought he thought he caught it too. He's like, "Oh fuck!" Darn. Yeah, we, oh. we 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 got we got it. We heard him. Um, the production was incredible tonight. The commentary team got a new desk. They look fucking legit as ever tonight. They got a brand new desk with LED panels on the front, bro. I'm like, we got Taz, uh, my boy Taz, and we got Tony Schiavone and Excalibur man with LED fucking screens on their desk. How great is that? Yeah, man, they stepping up the game. Man. I like it. Like the tunnels lot. are gone. The two tunnels are gone. There's one solid um, entryway in the center. There's three screens, three big size screens, and then there's two, um, I would say, slimmer screens down the side of the entrance ramp. Uh, the heels and the baby faces still come out from opposite sides, but it's Different not sides. in your. It's not. It's not in your face. It's actually in the uh, aisleway there. Um, I thought it was great. The visuals of the show were great, and AEW. Kicked ass tonight. That, that Tony Khan deserves a round of applause. He said it was awesome. He says it was going to be a, a clear new era for Dynamite, and it was, and they are off and running in 2023. Stoked I am for the production of the show and something I'm going to keep an eye on as we head into the rest of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I was a fan, man, and you can tell there was a new focus. I mean, from the jump, um, they made it clear from the beginning of the show that guys like Ricky Starks is going to be the future. And yes. at the end of the show, guys like Darby Allen is going to be the future. I think the show was bookended very well. Um, and you can see that there was definitely a, you know, a, a new sense of direction. It, it, it seems that they're definitely putting the emphasis on um, homegrown talent while also um, still recruiting. I mean, apparently out of high school and across, you know, the Indies and everything else, they're still going to do their thing, but, I think they made it a point to not let homegrown talent fall to the wayside to new uh, to new signees from now on. Yeah, I uh, I am very pleased to see uh, the ascent of Ricky Starks, and and we'll talk about that in just a little bit as he went one on one with Chris Jericho tonight. Darby Allen in the main event in his hometown 
of Seattle winning the TNT title. Uh, we will get into that as uh, those will be two key things we talk about tonight. But I want to start off with the elephant in the room. And I know everybody is uh, talking about this particular beautiful woman. Mercedes Varnado made her New Japan Pro Wrestling debut at Wrestle Kingdom. And she is now Mercedes Monet. And the report going around tonight is that she reportedly has signed with AEW. This is coming from, uh, I believe, DAZN. And that was in the news tonight. And I'm going to pull this up uh, right now. I thought I had it queued up here on my uh, my PC. But Mercedes Monet is now reportedly all elites. Steve Mulehausen of DAZN is reporting that Mercedes will indeed be Soraya's partner next week in Los Angeles when they face Britt Baker and AEW Women's Champion Jamie Hayter. Now, this has been heavily speculated for a few weeks because uh, there have been no hints given at all on Dynamite or AEW that would lead people to believe that it is Mercedes. And the reason for this, Jesse, and this makes sense, is because uh, she was still contractually binded to WWE as of December 31st. So when they announced this two weeks ago, uh, and the mystery of partner, everybody's like, oh, a mystery pa- uh, partner. Everybody's like, it's got to be Mercedes. It's got to be Sasha Banks. But she could not do anything, and they could not even begin to get the ball rolling until January 1st when she legitimately became a free agent for the first time in roughly around seven or eight years. Now, Mercedes debuted for New Japan last night in a segment with Kyrie, Kyrie Sane, and they will wrestle for the IWGP Women's Championship next month in San Jose. The belief is that Monet will do some dates for New Japan, and her debut next week on Dynamite pretty much confirms that she is now under AEW contract. Uh, Steve Mulehausen tweeted, and I quote, uh, Mercedes will be Soraya's partner next week in Los Angeles against Britt and Jamie Hayter. Couldn't announce or make a major hint due to her still being under contract to WWE until the beginning of 2023. Now, Jesse, did you see the uh, debut of Mercedes? I'm sure you've seen the clips on social media. What did you think about her uh, presentation coming out to confront Kyrie last night at Wrestle Kingdom? I thought she looked like a damn star. Yes. I mean, clearly, hold on, let me fucking bench this asshole. What the fuck is that? Okay. Who's getting benched? Um, was I love a good benching. Frigid hair. <laughs> the, f- the fuck? What oh the fuck? man, you gotta you gotta love the chats on Wednesday nights. Frigid man. hair. Whatever, man. She she looked like a star. I saw a lot of people, you know, frowning on the reaction that she got, but I don't think they took in consideration that this is not an American audience for one. So her 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 star power A is not as big as it would be here in the states, and B. This is a Japanese crowd. The reaction is about the same as they would be. Wow, man. I said this same thing in an extra coming tomorrow. It's almost as if we sh- we share the same brain. I recorded this after the gym this evening right before Dynamite. I didn't talk to Jesse about this at all. So, uh, no. yes, I mean, the geeks online, Jesse, they're making a big deal about, oh, it, it felt flat. No, no shit. No, no. She's 
Um, uh, most of the fans in 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 Japan, they pretty much know, and I'm talking about the casuals. I mean, I know they got hardcore fans just the same as we do, but for the as far as the casuals go, they just know WWE. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They know that they know the company, they know the you know the beast within itself. And as far as individuals go, they might not know everybody the same way WWE casuals know of New Japan Pro Wrestling. But they might not know of a you know of a Ishii. You know they might not they might not know they probably not might not they don't know everyone there. So it's the kind of the same thing here. I mean, she went over there. A few people could tell, and even for the ones that could tell, they don't pop. This is not Seattle. This is not Chicago. All right, this is not New York. They don't pop like that. They are very respectful in their responses to what they see. It's, it's an entirely different environment. So I feel like Sasha is about to take the wrestling world by storm for women. I, I think she's on a mission to do everything that she wants to do that she could not do being held down by a WWE contract. And I can't wait to see it in 2023. I, I feel the same way. I feel like we're on the verge of a uh, second coming of the women's revolution. And Sasha uh, yeah. led that charge with Soraya, uh, with Bailey. And all the other women that came out of that early NXT before that mega match that Bailey and Sasha had. Uh, I just feel like she's on the verge of another revolution. I think another revolution is absolutely feasible in AEW with the amount of talent that they have in that women's division. Uh, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that when she arrives, I think it's a when at this point, it's not an if, when she arrives, it is going to instantly take it to the next level. Uh, that AEW crowd is going to welcome her with open arms. She fits that vibe and that entire environment like a glove. And I hated the fact that I woke up this morning and I seen immediately before I even wiped the fucking eye boogers out of my eyes, hate for this woman for the reasons of, oh, she botched. Oh, she's not joining WWE. She went to the enemy. And it's like, oh, there was no reaction I mean, what the fuck do you want? There are COVID restrictions over there that are not really in place for the crowds to cheer the way that they want. Yes, they yes. could cheer, but honestly, even with some of the restrictions being laxed, that audience is not going to really go out there and cheer that way because I don't know if you guys have watched Japan wrestling. They respect the craft of pro wrestling more so than us fucking Americans do. Yes. So even if they were allowed to cheer, I don't even think they would because of the yeah. fucking respect that they have for everybody in that ring at that event in, in, in the Tokyo Dome. And the botch. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, like you never seen a botch before. I watched the botch, quote unquote, about 20 different fucking times, and I don't even think Mercedes was responsible for the fucking botch. I honestly think Kyrie kind of got mixed signals and didn't know how to land in the move that was supposed to be executed. So I don't even blame it on Sasha. It's 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 the least of my concerns. Me too. Uh, um, I think a lot of people here really don't realize the the um the protocols and restrictions that they have in other countries as it pertains to COVID. I saw a concert that happened um. The, it may have been Korea, if I'm not mistaken, where they had a concert, but they only agreed to let the let the band and let the you know people have their concert if they agreed to stay silent. Because the last thing you want is 20, 30,000 fans all yelling and screaming in close range. So they had them all stay quiet and gave them all like light up sticks or some shit like that. 
where they could show their appreciation by waving their light sticks. And it was a concert. The concert was lit. It wasn't my kind of music, but you can tell these fuckers were rocking it. And the crowd was just quiet. I've never seen this many people quiet before in my life. They actually respect the rules laid out as it pertains to things like this. So it wasn't a shocker to me at all. I mean, I've been to several concerts. I I mean, uh, you name it. I've been to several, you know, and some of the music that I listen to, you know, some of the music that I listen to is very in vain of what I play on the show before I come into uh, doing the podcast. You know, a lot of instrumental stuff, you know, like Andy James and Symphony X, Michael Romeo. You know, I go to see these guys and they're up there in age, 40, 50 years old. Michael Romeo is, you know, this fucking large, you know, overweight guy who's like a, a guitar virtuoso. And let me tell you something, man. When he's when he's wailing away with a fucking three minute guitar solo, there's nobody really doing anything, man. Everybody's like fucking stone silent, just watching the guy and reveling in his talent. I mean, there's there's no cheer. What if, what if a, yeah. a lot of people misconstrued that as like, oh my god, it's dead. It's it's it yeah. fell flat. What if the fans in Japan were paying respect to Sasha Banks because they were shocked that she actually showed up? You yeah. know, the silence equals respect in that in that part of the world. It really does. And a lot of people don't get that, but it actually really, really does. So was it a, I mean, could it have been a sign of indifference? Maybe. Could it have been a sign of respect? More than likely. Either way, um, it was big news. And the fact that she's not going to show up, or not know about show up, but not wrestle until February 18th, you know, leads me to believe that she is definitely, absolutely going to show up in AEW because what the hell is she going to do? Between now and then, just sit and wait a month and a half for the 18th. Now, her and Mikaza are going to go to Mexico yeah, on vacation for the next month. Yeah. What, what the fuck are, you gonna, what are they going to do? She's going to work. And where's she going to work? A fucking W. Bro, you texted me today. I was on my way to the gym. TMZ, you texted me. Pick this shit up, man. When was the last time you saw TMZ pick up anything coming out of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Never. Nope. Never. Sasha has hit the mainstream here in the States, man. And. She's going to be worldwide. She She's on a mission to wrestle who she wants, when she wants. And it seems like everybody is willing to give it to her, except WWE, I guess. Listen, you know, it's their loss. She uh, she apparently peaked, but Charlotte Flair, 36, 37 years old, winning her fucking uh, 86th title, hasn't peaked yet, right? It's ridiculous. I just find it to be fucking mega bizarre that they figured that this woman peaked. Y- meanwhile, she's the biggest female star in the sport. Fuck out of here, man. I'll take I'll take Mercedes <laughs> over Charlotte and Becky combined. Give me a break. I saw your text. I wasn't even watching. I saw your text that said Charlotte is the SmackDown women's champion. <laughs> <laughs> I, you should have saw the look. I looked at my phone. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Bro, they took what? I mean, I mean, the division was fucking dead since she left. Uh, this was basically Charlotte taking the fucking shovel and saying, hey, you want it? There you go, man. I'll fucking bury the fucking uh, entire division in one shot. Ridiculous. Peaked. Oh Charlotte God. hasn't peaked, though, right? No. Nah, nah, I'm sure. She looks very natural and everything, man. She's... Yeah. Yeah, totally. Greatest female professional wrestler of all time, according to Bully Ray, you know. According to Bully Ray, he also thought that Char- Charlotte was the reason why the women main evented WrestleMania. Um, who do you think got that started? Huh? Yeah. Uh, Mercedes and Bailey, right? Without them, where the fuck? Where's that main event? Nowhere. Dude, fuck I, out I, of here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something about Charlotte. It might piss people off. Maybe good, even, good, but, good. I, I love a good Charlotte roasting. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, it's not a not a roasting. Might put her over. 
Charlotte is fantastic at what she does, man. She's good. I mean, and the thing is, she's not the best ever, but she's good. She's not the best ever, and I don't think that's fair. So like you're not the best ever, so you suck. You know, that's no. It's the the part that sucks is she's been put on this unreachable pedestal that she does not need to be on by WWE because if you just let her be then her natural talent would just get her to where she's supposed to go and people would actually like her. But she's pushed so goddamn hard that to the point where people just want to hate her for every little thing. But the thing is, she does not suck. I mean, I can I can name you, you know, a hundred different fucking female wrestlers that Charlotte is better than. But the fact that the way that she's pushed, the way that she's booked, the way that she's treated, it just brings so much negative heat. To everything that she does, people just get sick of it. Thank you, Shy Town Smart, for your warm compliments on my wrestling ability. <laughs> I remember I've I've said years ago, I've said that for the longest time. We used to go back and forth about how great she was or how great she wasn't. And I mean, I, I still hold everything that I said back then. She's fucking great. But man, even I got tired of her. They they just shoved her down my throat, and I enjoyed her work, man. But I don't want to see it anymore now. They just they literally. I think I think they ran her down harder than Roman Reigns in his babyface days. Well, this is not a Charlotte uh, situation, so uh, I'll I'll end that there. I did my fair share of ranting, and I'm sure there is more to come uh, about her uh, reign of terror that has begun on Friday. But um, as far as Mercedes, bro, uh, we have this mystery partner thing apparently no longer being a mystery as Soraya announced Tony Storm is her partner right in front of Hikaru Shida <laughs> who had this dumbfounded look on her what face the and fuck? they and, and Soraya turned her back to Shida and started going over the game plan for next week right there so I'm looking at this I'm like what the fuck is going on and I, I said to myself that this cannot be real right now. Now, granted, I have said for weeks that if they did not deliver Mercedes, that they had to announce whoever it was a week before. Because if they go into next week and then they announce, yep, it's Tony Storm, and she yeah. comes out on January 11th, that's just gonna be, that shit's going to be an utter disaster. So what they did tonight, in, in my eyes, is potentially set up Tony Storm being attacked next week. Maybe by Sheeta. We don't know. Maybe this is a Sheeta heel turn. It looks like we got some developing situation happening right before our eyes. Maybe Sheeta turns heel and takes out Tony Storm, and then she's, I guess, left with finding a partner in Los Angeles, and it end up. Uh, it may end up being Mercedes next week. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, this is awesome because they took the one storyline that they had, and now they're going to branch it off into two because now. When Sheeta and Tony Storm go to deal with their issues, and you know Soraya just sitting there like, "Well, where the fuck is my partner?" Well, now we bring in, you know, Mercedes, and now we got Mercedes and and Soraya, and then we also get Sheeta and Tony. So they kind of they they took they took a good thing and they kind of split it off and made it two good things. So now we get, and this is so important, a feud with two women that does not involve a title. Yeah. So. Very important stuff. Uh, and and that's a revelation in itself for this fucking division. Yep. That's something that we hardly see on television. Uh, the thing is, Jesse, you know, when they did the whole CM Punk reveal, they let you, they wanted you to know that CM Punk was coming in without actually fucking saying his name. Here, oh, yeah. here uh, they couldn't do that. And now they're left with, uh, you know, uh, I guess two weeks to uh, get this match together. And 
kind of unveil her potentially on January 11. Uh, they have not mentioned anything outside of a little uh, subtle hint there by Brittany tonight. Hi, 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 Brittany. That's hi, a nice, Brittany. It's a nice little subtle hint you gave there with the uh, the whole boss line. I love it. It's great. Um, I mean, right we, in the face. I, I know. But that was the only time, bro. With CM Punk, they they let you know that he was coming. I mean, they booked the fucking United Center without a goddamn fucking <laughs> announcement. I mean, they sold the fucking thing out. They 18 large. They, they booked the United Center for a rampage. Yeah, for a Call random. First, and people were like, "How rampage. do you? How do you know he's coming?" I mean, what? What the? What are you fucking dumb? And I mean, Tony Khan booked the fucking venue and sold it out. Seventeen, eighteen large for CM Punk, and they didn't mention his name once on the television. Indoor arena in Chicago. But but here they're taking a different approach. Like they could do that, but they want to keep you. They want to keep you sweating. They want your balls to sweat with this situation. They wanted you to say, hey, I know you all know Mercedes is coming in, but we're going to do our best to say, you know what? It's Tony Storm, and we want you to think it's Tony Storm. We don't want you thinking it's Mercedes. We want to fuck with you. We want to play with you a little bit. I like it. And I can appreciate that. We we know that you know the story, but we're going to take you on a little ride anyway. I like that. Yeah. You know, tell me a story. Get me there. Don't just be like, well, you know it's her, so here she is. Like, hold on, man. Just... Be creative. That's your job. And that's what they're doing. This this Renee sit down with the women. And by the way, this is starting to become a trope that's starting to get on my nerves. Renee has to sit down with the women every fucking week for an interview. So what? Every week. And it's usually uh, some form of, or combination of Britt Baker or Surya. Who cares? Why? Why is that a problem? Why every week is the problem? It's not. It's not the fact that they're doing it. It's the fact they're doing it every week. Put them in front of the live crowd. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Put them in front... If not, then just give Renee her own fucking talk show for the love of God. She's sitting down with the women, the same women every week. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, it, it gets them on TV. They get another segment to add on top of the match that they had tonight. So they, they had three segments tonight. It's, more, it's better than one. I, I look. I have no problem with seeing these with seeing these women on on TV to push their storylines. Fantastic, love that. Put them in front of. Look at this fucking crowd. You're gonna hide these women in the back. Put them in front of a live crowd. Look but, at this Seattle crowd. But it, it, it may be a plot twist next week. It looks like we may be getting Maki Ito, possibly. Oh, fuck. No, no. I'm only kidding. No, no. no way. I think I, I, I shut the fucking television off. I'm loving she. Ah! I'm- Whatever the fuck right. she says. Yeah. I mean, she's fucking Christ. Fucking 
She's adorable. She's adorable. But she's, oh my god, it's so awful. It's so awful. But, but they, I, I, I think, and Sheeta, man, I have, and still, I'll say this every time I think about it. I've been a fan of Carl Sheeta's work ever since. Ever since everything she did with Serena Deep. And and every week, every time I see her, she gets. I mean, she she continues to hold my interest. I remember not liking Sheeta at all when she first started. Now, I'm a Sheeta fan, man. I'm loving her work, man. Yeah, Sheeta's a great wrestler. She is fantastic. Anyway, Mercedes more than likely coming in next week. They're gonna let you sweat it out. Uh, I do. I do believe the reports. I, I believe Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. Uh, this past summer, I believed all the reports. I mean, I even made a video on it, and I said, "Listen, man, if I know anything about Mercedes, and I don't know the woman." You know, personally, but if if I know Mercedes, it's that she wants to make moments and memories. And this is something that she's desired for a very long time to work Japan. And she made her dreams come true. So I want you guys to really be grateful that you're getting her in the pro wrestling realm. She could have easily said, peace out, fuck off. I'm going to Hollywood and fuck pro wrestling. But she, she didn't do that. And now she's here and you're still bitching and complaining. And, and you undersell the importance of what she's done in the modern era. She's not going to be the next rock or stone cold. She's not going to have that type of influence, but if she can change the way people perceive women's wrestling by going out there and breaking the chains of WWE and wrestling all these great Japanese women and some of the ladies in AEW and just show us who she really is. Why would you have a problem with that? I don't really get it. So just shut up and appreciate it because she could have easily said fuck off and she didn't. I agree. I agree. I, I think we even talked about that a while back. I mean, yeah. she like she does not look, man. When you build your whole career up around throwing your body around and putting it in harm's way every last single night, and you get to a point where you don't have to do that anymore, and you can make more money, then you get The Rock, you get John Cena, you get Dave Batista. These guys realize that hey, I can make. Four to five times more money and do less work. Then why would you not take that? Sasha yeah. loves wrestling so goddamn much that she would rather put her ass on the line every night because that's her passion. That's what she loves to do. Mandy Rose made a million dollars. You see her coming back to pro wrestling? Fuck no. Fuck that. Fuck, would- Jesse said it when we did the live stream, when we did the, the video on it, the day she was fired. Why do you have to break your body if you're making a million dollars a month on fucking fan time? <laughs> Who the fuck would want to do that? Fuck that. You think I mean, she fucking look, cares that she's not wrestling? Fuck no. Fuck no, dude. If I can make special appearances once every few months to yeah. satisfy my, my hunger of wrestling, great. Sure. I'll show up at your promotion for a fee, do a bit, do a spot, and I'll be out of there. I'm not wrestling every week, traveling on the road from town to town when I don't have to be. I'm going to sit at home, drink my fucking tequila, hang out with my fucking husband, and fucking watch you guys fucking perform for me. Yeah. Basically. Anyway, guys, that's what we got on Mercedes. Uh, I have an extra coming out tomorrow as I am flying to uh, Nashville, Tennessee tomorrow. So you guys will see that sometime in the afternoon. Uh, A good 40-minute extra. Most of it is uh, my thoughts on the Wrestle Kingdom appearance and Mercedes making her uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling debut. So look forward to that around uh, 1.32 p.m. tomorrow, uh, OTS Extra. The other big thing that happened tonight, Jesse was the TNT Championship match with Darby Allen and Samoa Joe. Now, this is the second week in a row. I want to start off with the positive. Second week in a row that the TNT title is main evented a dynamite. Love it. 
Absolutely love it. Uh, Samoa Joe has been fucking brilliant in his role as the TNT champion, the king of television. Uh, he defeated Wardlow and cut his hair last week. So uh, no signs of Wardlow, Wardlow on this dynamite at all from Seattle. We got Darby Allen who issued a challenge to Samoa Joe. And in the end, in his hometown, he was the conquering hero. And he won the TNT championship from Samoa Joe. Um, at first glance, Jesse, I, I get why Tony Khan did what he did. This is uh, stereotypical. If Tony Khan was to write a book on pro wrestling, this would be uh, probably chapter one. Putting those over in their hometown in a big way and sending the crowd home happy. Um, he won the TNT title tonight, bro. I love Darby. I think uh, he's fantastic. But Jesus Christ, man, I, I do not. And I get it. I get it completely. I do not think they should have taken the title off Samoa Joe, man. That man was hitting his fucking stride. He was one of the best things about the goddamn program. It was too soon, and they just they just aborted fucking the ship, bro. They, 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 they man overboard here. What the fuck did they do? Why would you end this man's reign so bad so 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 soon? I, I don't get it. Well, well, the problem begins where they shouldn't have put two titles on Joe. Because when you put two titles on someone, you got to get them off of them, right? You got to put two titles on someone. You're telling me that these this is the guy that you want to push. But then you got to get the title off of them. So when they get the title off of them, people say, well, what the hell? Now you're, what the hell? What happened to Joe? Joe still has one title. And he may be, maybe, maybe he's going to lean more towards his ROH side this time. Because he's the ROH TV champion, right? So... I don't know. They, they they split the titles up. That's a good thing. They get it on Darby. That's a good thing. I mean, it does feel like the title has no direction with it, man. I mean, Wardlow. Darby had it originally. I mean, what are they doing with this goddamn thing? Scorpio Sky. Bro, it's like you and me go to the park and we're fucking playing catch with our baseball gloves, man. Back and forth, back and forth. It's like nobody's a solid. As soon as somebody starts oh. to get momentum with this fucking thing, they take it off of them. No, they are very, very good for for flopping titles back and forth, man. I'm waiting for this MJF run to finally get some some months, some months behind it, man, because no one keeps titles in AEW too long. Man, how hot how hot is that fucking potato, bro? Jeez. Must be man, scorching fucking hot. It's right out like of Titus Catering. Almost like someone's brain is moving a mile a minute back there and he can't slow down. Like there's a something going on in his brain. Like, like I listen, I get it. I I have no problem with Darby at all. This is not about Darby. It, it's about why you would derail someone in Samoa Joe so soon after he we just last week we just said this is the best Joe's look since his NSC championship run. This is the best Joe's look since his feud with Brock Lesnar. And then they just take the title off of him. This yeah. guy should be on TV weekly, Samoa yeah. Joe. This is this is great television. And then they take the title off of him. And then you look at what happened to Wardlow last week. They put the title on Darby because it's in Seattle. How do you think that makes Wardlow look? This guy's been chasing the fucking thing for how long? And Darby wins it in one shot. Yep. And he got his hair chopped off. Man, I'm starting to wonder what the fuck is going on with Wardlow. Like, right seriously, now. what is going on with Wardlow? I don't know, man. Something's off. Something I mean, did Wardlow up. fucking anger somebody back there? Did he piss somebody? Did he piss? Did he piss in Tony Khan's white claw? I don't. I don't so fucking know. Bang TK's girlfriend or something, man? The- I mean, did he? Did he hand t- Tony Khan a truly instead of a white claw? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck know. did this man do? Like they castrated him and then sent him off. I don't know. 
gimmick change coming? I don't know. I I, I have no clue. Uh, it, it's just bizarre. I like I get it. It's in Seattle. It's Darby's hometown. They wanted to send the crowd home happy. This was the start of the new year, but taking the title off Joe this soon. I mean, at least give me fucking till Revolution. Holy shit. You know? I don't but, know. Yeah, Bushi just said in the super chat. Yeah, but I'm looking at you, Roman. Two title. WWE is facing the same damn problem. They're trying to figure out how to get these fucking titles off of Roman. Oh, that's easy. They don't fig- haven't figured it out yet. Well, I mean, I don't know. Let me let me call up D-O-Double-G. Maybe maybe we need to get him uh, on the phone, uh, bro. What's going on? It's not that it's not that uh, that difficult. I, I, how many times have I talked about this? Just give it to yeah, Cody I, I think, and split the I, titles via the draft. That's it. I think it's I think I think it's hard for them to do it because the right thing to do. Was would be to just have Roman lose clean to someone and put someone over in this historic run, but they don't really have anybody they want to give all of that mojo to right now. So they got to figure out a way to get these fucking titles off of them. They're talking about Cody Rhodes. I think they're I think they're willing to put a title on him, but not both. He's not gonna he's not gonna be both. He's not gonna be champion uh, for both. He's gonna give up one in the draft. This is why I said it's easy. Come Monday Night Raw, Raw after Mania, he, well, I'm going to keep the WWE title, and the SmackDown title is going to get split via the draft. Have a tournament over there. Roman can that compete sucks. for it again. That sucks, dude. I mean, to have Roman have both these titles for that long and just give one up is fucking moronic. I mean, he needs to lose to someone. He needs to lose to someone. What's the fucking point? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to hold these titles. I'm going to hold these titles for a thousand days, then no one can beat me for it. Then you just beat the game, bro. Leave. Get the fuck out of here. You're not putting know. anyone over on your way out. I don't know. What? Well, uh, listen, it's it's not that difficult. It really isn't. And again, I don't know what happened to Wardlow. I don't know what happened to Miro. I don't know why the House of Black is not on television and they're banished to fucking rampage. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> You know, the show's not perfect still. It's not perfect still. I mean, these guys need to be staples of the show. Yeah, we, I'm glad we're getting Ricky Starks. I mean, we could be without Ricky Starks. Yeah. So. It's it's a new beginning, It's and it's one week in. All this shit takes time. I, I might as well go into the next part of this, and we will start off with Ricky Starks. He wrestled Chris Jericho on tonight's show, and this was the open of Dynamite. I thought these two had a banger of a match. Crowd was so into it, and I loved everything about this. I thought this was awesome. Uh, Jericho and his crew, uh, obviously out there with the numbers game, and that was the whole story of the match. Uh, Jericho controlled during a commercial break. Starks started to come back and fire up, make a babyface comeback, came out of the corner with a big lariat. Starks strung together some offense. He got the Seattle crowd into it, hit a beautiful sit-out Liger bomb on... Chris Jericho for a two count. Jericho came back with a lion salt attempt, but Starks got the knees up. Starks tried for a moonsault off the second rope. He missed. He landed on his feet. He stuttered a little bit. He ate a code breaker. Starks blocked a Judas effect. Jericho blocked the Rochambeau, and he transitioned into the walls of Jericho. I love it when a crowd pops for a a submission move being applied. I love it because you don't usually see it all the time. You see it more so in AEW than you do WWE, but... Crowd was on their fucking feet for a transition into the walls of Jericho out of a Rochambeau. Great stuff. Then we get Starks grabbing the bottom rope, and Angelo Parker took the ref, and Menard hit Starks with a baseball bat right in the face. Ref here was Aubrey Edwards. Uh, She dropped the arm twice for Starks, but Starks fired up the third time. He escaped the hold. 
He turned it into an inside cradle, followed by a swinging DDT. Menard and Parker got dropped on the apron. Jericho was dropped by a spear. And that was enough to give Starks the upset victory over Chris Jericho. He's lost three matches in a row. Uh, I can't remember the last time Jericho's lost three matches in a row. Uh, and I love uh, the narrative of uh, oh, Jericho's greedy and Jericho is power hungry and all this other shit. Jericho is as selfless as they fucking come, man. Holy shit. Post-match, the Jericho Appreciation Society hit the ring to attack Starks. Out comes action and ready. He hits the ring with a steel chair. He cleans house. Tay Mello and Anna Jay uh, come in from behind. Anna Jay takes the chair away from Andretti. And Tay Mello uh, hits the low blow on action Andretti as the rest of the JAS put the boots to him. Menard and Parker set up a table at ringside. And Hager absolutely destroyed Ricky Starks with a power bomb, putting him through this table on the outside from the apron. Brutal stuff there as Jericho and his guys and ladies are relishing in their carnage. Um, I said this on social media, Jesse. Uh, a, Ricky Starks is a fucking superstar. I'm glad to see him on the show. Start the show hot. First, uh, it, It's very telling that the first Dynamite of the year is started by Ricky Starks. Excellent stuff. Secondly, uh, Jericho starts 2023 just as strong as he ended 2022, and he is in the midst of molding Jesse, another future piece of the company. Is there anything that this man uh, doesn't touch and doesn't turn to gold? I mean, Jericho is just incredible. He is, man. I mean, he's he is everything that you will want from a locker room leader right about now. Yes. And God knows they really need a locker room leader. So hats off to Jericho. He is in the business right now of putting guys over. And he knows it. Yep. And he knows it. That man uh, bleeds AEW. He fucking sleeps and breathes AEW. And this narrative, I said this twice this week, and I said it again um, yesterday, uh, not, not yesterday, uh, tomorrow in the extra, because I talk about the Dax narrative now that people are upset with Dax Harwood and the shit that he said about the elite and punk on his podcast. Give me a fucking break. I don't believe that story for a single solitary second. And I didn't believe the story about Chris Jericho either when apparently he said he would ensure CM Punk does not make it back to the locker room. I thought that was a fabricated story, and I honestly think that stories like that that are put out by the Observer really need to be checked by Tony Khan and AEW management, Jesse. They are dangerous to AEW, or dangerous to the Observer, I should say, because it creates the narrative, and I don't know why they're throwing the narrative out there that Jericho said this, and Jericho's going to make sure this, and Jericho's going to make sure that. I didn't believe it, and who the fuck is running the company? Is it Jericho who's running the company, or is it Tony Khan? I don't really understand that. Yeah, I don't know, man, but, you know, we, I mean, it's not about running the company, you know, but if if there is someone speaking for the boys in the back, you know, I would say Jericho is, is one to be trusted to speak for the guys in the locker room, and if... I don't think what Jericho said like this. I don't think what Jericho said is a Jericho opinion. It feels like a pretty much a locker room uh, consensus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, minus the me, I get you know Punk still has his his fan his friends here and there, but all in all, it seems the majority of people would rather not him see him not come back. I don't know. I'm starting to lean the other way. I I, I just don't yeah. think Jericho would. Uh... 
would allow that to, I just feel like Jericho would be in, in the mediator role. Like I feel like Jericho would actually be on the side of, Hey, I want these guys to be back together. I want punk in the locker room. I know what's best for business. I know what's better for the company and working together as a family and a unit, even though you may not like each other, brothers fight, sisters fight, you know, but everybody should be back on the same page. I feel like Jericho would be in that mindset. I don't why would he ensure the locker room that CM Punk would not return? Yeah, we got Punk out there, out here possibly trolling. We don't really know. And then Dax on his podcast, bro, said that he'd love for the elite and Punk to work together. And Punk was buying the ladies Starbucks gift cards and he was taking the pinnacle out for fucking dinners and wives and the kids out for dinner. I mean, all these great things being said. It's like, holy shit, what did Dax say wrong? And why would Jericho do that and say that? It's just nothing makes sense to me. I don't know if you heard the the the, the Dak story. Like, what, what was so wrong about what he said? That apparently people wanted uh, him to stop talking about it, and and people supposedly had a problem with his podcast. It's a sore subject to a lot of people still, man. I don't know the, the whole ordeal. I don't think it's about. I don't think it's about um, them. You know, well, they want Punk to come back. They want everything to go back to the way it was. They want to make money. Great, we get all of that. But what happens if he comes back and that's not what you get? And you get the same cancerous issue you had the last time. I, I mean, what's to prevent that from happening? We don't want that reoccurrence back. I mean, and I'm I'm thinking that's what he's is is saying. You know what I'm saying? I I hear you. I feel like people were upset with Dax and in, in this situation with Dax. I feel like people were upset because maybe he divulged too much information and uh, he kind of uh, he potentially may have kind of let the cat out of the bag. Like, yeah, things will be all right. Maybe I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like we, I, I text you a while ago, man. I understand, and there's works and there's shoots, but I've never heard of a work where your plan is to take your top stars off TV and make your company seem like it's in shambles. That is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of. I agree. That is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of. If it turns out this is all one big work, I would just look at TK. What the what's the fucking purpose of that? I don't know, man. A few tickets. I mean, listen, I I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, I mean, they have this is AEW's biggest year. They will be in contract negotiations with Time Warner and Warner Media. And and I feel with Punk back on television, it's going to make AEW a lot of money. They're going to get the money that they desire. And, And if Punk is back, there's there's too much money to be made by this in the company. And it benefits everybody. Everybody's going to make more money because of this. If if AEW gets a better TV deal, then everybody's going to make more money because of it. With Punk how being you, there, how do you? The networks are not stupid. They they watch the product too. How are you going to sell to your network that the guy that just burned down your whole fucking company at a press conference is coming back and that's going to be good for your company? How how are you selling me on this being a good thing? That's not our problem. It's Tony Khan's problem. Tony Khan's the salesman. I don't think it's a problem he's trying to have. That's why I don't think this is this is not a one big fucking. I also don't thing. think Tony Khan, Tony Khan wants to fire CM Punk. No, no, I can agree there. He doesn't want to, but I also think that he's gonna do what he feels is best for the future of his business. And it's not a, it's about money. But at the end of the day, it's about what kind of money can you make if this guy comes back and causes yet another locker room issue. Or another one after that. I mean, cut your fucking losses. You saw what he's gonna do. You saw you saw how it all turned out. It's starting to die down at some level. Just let it go. Why bring this guy back and then reignite all of this shit with all these fucking feelings of people in the back and everything else? That's drama that's gone. And it doesn't have to come back unless you let it. 
We'll say it's going to be a very interesting year. And uh, if 2022 is any indication, uh, nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Uh, yeah. We could be sitting here with CM Punk and fucking WWE for all we know. You know, we, we didn't think Vince was going to be fucking gone. And here we are. We have a yeah. WWE without Vince McMahon. So anything yeah. can happen. Yep. Adam Page, he's in the ring with Tony Schiavone. And Hangman walked out, cutting this promo. Says he's not medically cleared to compete as of yet. Shivani said he was sorry to hear that. And he says if he takes a red eye, Hangman, and goes home tonight and takes his last brain scan, he would be cleared for next week in Los Angeles. He said he will fight John Moxley next week one way or another. And, and I quote, I will knock your dick in the dirt. Now, whatever the fuck that, I never heard that before. Have you ever heard that saying? Knock your dick in the dirt, bro. No, no, man. Uh, that, that must be some uh, cowboy shit. If dudes start threatening my dick, I'm rethinking this fight, you know? just Well, I don't know. Moxley, he comes out. Different shot for John Moxley tonight with the new production of AEW Dynamite. I loved the fact that they shot from behind Moxley the entire time on his way to the ring. It just makes for a better presentation, in my honest opinion, instead of uh, putting the camera in his face and watching him through the uh, crowd all the way to the ring. I just thought it was a better presentation for him. Uh, makes him look more like a badass. Moxley told Hangman after he got in the ring that he's surprised he made it out there after everything you've been through. He didn't say that with a heart full of sympathy and kindness. And all of a sudden, fans chanted, we can't hear you, we can't hear you. So the microphone seemingly died right there in Moxley's hand. So he grabbed another microphone. It seemed to work. He started talking again, but again, it glitched out. Moxley got genuinely fucking frustrated here, and he said, what the fuck? Leaned into the corner and said, Seattle, let's get this back on track. Jesus Christ. We heard that. What is your heard it. What, what is your temperature now? 100 and uh, what? No, bro. Down to 98. You're down to 98? Yeah, I took, I took a bunch of drugs before I got on. There you go. <laughs> what the fuck? highly drugged up right now. Okay. Look at this guy, highly drugged up on my podcast. Unbelievable. Uh, What the fuck, says Moxley. We heard it. Another F-bomb. Another F-bomb on Dynamite. Uh, And it wasn't uh, Rick Ross's fault. We can't blame him. Now we can't blame Rick Ross for this one, bro. He says he's sick of the candlelight vigil for Hangman. He says he wrestled two months with a torn tricep. No one has gotten knocked out more times than I have in this business. He said seeing him play the victim because you got knocked out makes me sick. Hangman asked if he thinks he's mad. And he said, was it because I got knocked out? He says he's been knocked out by enemies, strangers, and his best friends. He says it's an unfortunate part of what they do. He says he's never been mad at him for that. He told Mox that he doesn't seem like one for nuance, so we'd keep it simple. He says his issue is he called him to the ring and didn't let him get a word in before he cracked a joke. He says he nearly took his career away from him, but he thinks he told a joke because he felt threatened. He said the first thing Mox would do if he got knocked out is come back for revenge. Hangman says he has a month to stew on what he said to him and two months to stew on him knocking him out with a lariat. Mox was getting angry, started pacing back and forth. Hangman tried to stay in Moxley's face, and he says he has two lariats in the chamber with his name on them, And he gets them in the forum in L.A. Mox said the only joke he thinks is funny is that he thinks next time is going to be any different. 
He says he will make sure next time he doesn't get back up. And that was the end of the promo. Outside of the little technical glitch, which I found to be hilarious here, I thought this was an excellent back and forth. This, Jesse, and we've pretty much been on on point with this here for the last couple of weeks. This storyline, A, is perfect because it takes what had happened, real-life situation, something that wasn't planned, and turns it into a storyline. This probably has been the most perfectly booked storyline right now in all of AEW. It's got an old-school approach. The promo ability of Hangman and John Moxley back and forth to tell this story without really even having a match since then and selling this on the concussion only has been absolutely brilliant. And I can't wait to see them fight because the intensity that they brought uh, all these weeks, Jesse, is going to make for an unbelievable match in L.A. And it's going to be fucking hot next week. And I can't wait. Beautiful stuff. It is. I like I like how they. So for anybody out there that was saying, oh, well. You know, Hangman just bitter because he get beat up. They made sense of it. You know, he came out and said, look, it ain't the first time I got knocked out. That wasn't shit. You know, I didn't like, you know, how you came about it, you know, and 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 how you just laughed at it, laughed it off and shit like that. It, it, it made sense of it, you know. So now both sides of this party have a reason to be upset. And that always makes for the best feud. Now, who are the fans going to cheer for here? That's the problem that I, that's the dilemma that I see. Are, are we leaning towards more hangman because the fans are sympathetic because he got knocked out or yes. are we leaning towards Moxley here? Uh 50, 50 split or option C are we leaning towards Moxley turning heel? Well, where is, where are they at LA? They're in LA. Yes. So, yeah, so there's no home town advantage. So I'm going to say Moxley's always been pretty much a tweener. I mean, the guy has bounced back from like heel to face, depending on what feud he was in and which one you need. Whatever Moxie needed to be, that's what he'll be, you know. And it, and at this one, it kind of looks like he's being a little bit of a dick. So it looks like Mox is going to be the little bit of the heel in this one. It looks like to me. And that's a role he plays very well. Yeah, yeah. The acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens with Billy Gunn against oh. Jay Lethal and Double J J E Double F. J-A, bro. Double R-E. Finish it. Double D. No. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. You, no. you love Jeff Jarrett. Move on with the fucking segment, man. Jeff Jarrett with Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Now, I don't know where anybody's been. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, seen the news, but the rap last week, bro, oh, has yes. gotten people to uh, talk about... Uh, Miss Karen Jarrett, formerly Karen Angle, to a point where Max Caster's rap brought Karen out on social media to basically expose her (laughs) ex-husband for cheating on her with Dawn Marie, I believe. Who who was it? Uh, Who did she tag? She tagged a whole bunch of people. I don't know. I know Kelly Kelly was one of them. And she real she really took this and said, you know what? I'm gonna legitimately be a Karen on social media about this. And Max Caster started a fucking dumpster fire drama online, bro. It's so good. I'm it's so good. I mean, I, I So what did he do tonight? So he came out to fix this situation, right? What what did he do tonight to fix this? Max Caster? Yeah, uh, he did absolutely nothing as he as he continued to berate Karen Jarrett on AEW Dynamite. He, he fucking did it again. 
And, and you made a good point to me via the text, Jesse, when we were watching this show. You know what? I would not be surprised if Jeff Jarrett said, you know what? We're going to fucking double down on this shit and we're going to fucking do it again. And you said it perfectly because nobody knows his wife better than Jeff Jarrett. And she'll get over it. She'll get over it. She'll get over it. I, I, I talk shit about Jeff Jarrett because I just don't want to see him wrestling in 2023. But at the end of the day, Jeff Jarrett knows wrestling, bro. He knows fucking good heat when he says, this is great fucking heat. Use it, bro. He, I, I can see him in the back right now. Bro, this is great fucking heat. Use it. But your wife, bro, she'll be fucking fine. Just go ahead. Do it again. People are loving it. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, Max Caster <laughs> said, yo, listen. Hey, Jeff, your wife better say less. She's getting crapped online worse than Skip Bayless. <laughs> he also said Jarrett will blame his loss on Dixie Carter. Can't uh, Listen, I can't ever not like a Dixie Carter roast. Uh, oh he closed God. with TNA stands for Total Nonstop Acclaimed. Uh, that rap, Jesse, gets five JD whiskey shots. Oh, man. So this guy gets better every week, man. Love it. Every week. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'll be sitting there watching Dynamite or whatever on my phone. And when I hear that horn go off with the acclaim, I put everything down and turn the TV up. Man, I rush to go make my fucking cup of coffee. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see what Max Caster's gotta say. This match coming up next. I fucking rush, poured my coffee, poured my cream, stirred that shit, ran back to the fucking couch with my coffee in hand. Man, I love it. Um, oh, I thought I was an asshole. Max Caster has no chill. Good, <laughs> none. I mean, uh, Karen Jarrett, listen, honey. <laughs> Listen, just take it easy. It's not that. It's not that. Apparently, Kurt Angle cheated on Karen with Kelly Kelly. I mean, listen. Uh, you know. What kind of sympathy was she expecting? A pro wrestler cheated on his wife. Oh, my God. Wow, what a revelation, man. <laughs> Cheating <laughs> allegations in the locker room during a pro wrestling fucking, uh, or in a pro wrestling company. Holy shit. No one's ever done that before. My God. What type of shenanigans are happening, happening back there? What do you think? They're playing fucking poker? Holy this shit. so fucking good. I wonder what Disco Inferno thinks. Yeah, I, everybody rushes out to go watch Disco Inferno <laughs> or listen to Disco. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, this match, man, oh, man, bro. They, they, they fucked you with the false finish, didn't they? I thought, we, finish, I thought we were, I thought we were, were, were getting fucking Jared and Lethal, bro. I thought they were going to walk away with this thing. Dusty finish. And that, and if, it feels like someone's listening, because what have we been saying about the acclaim? Get these guys in the fucking ring, man. Yeah. Get them in the ring. And, I, and I mean, as much as I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett and his crew out there, um, they put on a damn entertaining fucking match tonight, you know? Listen, you, uh, we can hate on the use of Jeff Jarrett and the fact that he's wrestling more times on AEW Dynamite than we've seen Miro in the last fucking eight months. Yeah. But I, I will say this, you know, no matter what, he is in great shape. Yes. And Jesus fucking Christ, man, the heat that he gets. I mean, you, yeah, he, I, if I could bottle that up, if I was a pro wrestler, I want to bottle that up for myself, man. Everybody in that locker room should be like, man, how the fuck do you get that much heat? He is a legit heat magnet. I love it. He's great, man. He's great. It's kind of making it hard for me to sit here and say I don't want to see. I mean, but the thing is. I just I just want to see the new talent shine. And I don't yeah. mind seeing guys like Jared go the same way I don't see I don't mind seeing Dustin suit up and get into a ring and do a match here and there. But to make him a regular tag team competing for titles, that's the, that's the part why I kind of just disagree with. Yeah. You know, Sting is used the right way, Billy Gunn used the right way. 
You know, all all the legends, and I've said it for the longest time, AEW has done very well with how they treat their legends. But Jeff Jarrett just seems like he has a little bit too much wrestling time. I w- I'd rather see him in the back coaching, producing, managing, giving these great ideas for stuff to get over. He's really good at that shit, man. So yeah. I don't want to see him leave the company. Now, he, uh, he, I mean, the use of him here tonight, well, this match, I love the ending of this match. It was very, it was a very creative end to the match, and we'll get into that in a little bit. So, uh, Jarrett's in there, he's in control, Caster and Lethal tagged in uh, not too long after he had taken control. Caster took control for his team, tagged Bowens back in, back and forth, rapid tags. Jarrett shoved Caster off the top rope. Lethal and Jarrett hit Bowens with a uh, double team move for a near fall. Lethal then gets a figure four on Bowens as uh, that happened in the middle of the ring. Ref, all of a sudden, uh, Billy Gunn was ejected at this point. Referee ejected Billy Gunn from ringside because he was getting in the referee's face. I I don't know who that referee is, but man, he is a legit authority in there. I forgot his name, Uh, but he's a great referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Unlike someone else who just let shit go tonight. Uh, Yeah, Aubrey usually uh, lets shit go. Man. She just lets anything go. And and Rick Knox, I mean, forget about it. I mean, he's a fucking blind man working out there. <laughs> he can't. Rick Knox is the blindest. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so uh Daddy S, he got ejected. Jared and Lethal uh, were taking over here. Uh we speed things up, and Sunjay Dutt apparently was kicked out of the match as well. So uh Sanjay and Satnam, they all got kicked out. The whole fucking referee crew came out there to take Satnam out of the uh, out of the equation, and while all this was going on, Sanjay Dutt is at ringside and he cheats. He helps his boys cheat to win, and Jarrett and Lethal win the tag team championships by pinning Anthony Bowens. And I'm like, oh my fucking god, what did they just do? Bowens had his foot on the rope. Sanjay pushed it off. Referee, the original referee, did not see it. With all the referees out there, Jesse, one referee and Aubrey Edwards saw what was going on as they were trying to detain Satnam Singh, turned around, got in the ring and said, no, 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 no. I saw Sanjay Dutt put this guy's foot on uh, off the rope, push the foot off the rope, and we're going to restart this match. Then it leads to Bowens uh, rolling up lethal, I believe, to win the match. One, two, three, and that was it. Yeah. At first, I was sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. It's like a hundred refs out there. No one saw this shit. Nothing. No one. One referee saw the entire. I mean, I, I guess maybe they did see it, but Aubrey is the only official that's going to have that type of authority in there to get something overturned like that. I, I tried not to uh, look too deep into it, but I, I like the fact. Not to. <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that they were all out there, and not a, at least one of them saw what was going on. So I thought it was a very creative ending, which is going to lead to another match. This is going to be a no holes barred match now on Battle of the Belts. And I'm assuming at that point, this feud will be over. There's no reason why Jared and Lethal are going to win the tag team championships and the acclaim will move on, hopefully, and find new challengers going into Revolution. Yeah, I hope so. Hope I so. mean, again, it's it, it, I'm kind of caught in a weird place because, I mean, the matches that they have, I mean, they've been okay. They've been entertaining. A little overbooked, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, it has to, every match can't be that way, but for right now, it's fine. But again, I just want to see other tag teams go on and try to challenge for these titles instead of Jeff Jarrett. Who is next? 
don't know. Who do you want to be next? I don't know, man. The gun club. That's, that's a good point, man. What are we doing? They are building the gun, the gun club, and they they are forever tied to um they claim because of daddy ass. I mean, I yeah, I would uh, I'm hoping that they they pull him away and 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 put their father back at the gun club because they need him. If they if they plan on pushing these guys and getting them over to some point, they're gonna need their father. They can't do it alone, man. Man, I don't know if we could be without the acclaimed with Bowen saying, scissor me, daddy ass. I mean, I don't just know. Say, just say, scissor me, daddy. You can stop at the ass. I mean, it works, though. Stop at the ass. We'll see. It looks like it may end up being the gun club. But they got yeah. ta- they got tag teams. It's just not as prevalent or prominent as it was uh, in years past with the tag team division. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, this match is taking place at Battle of the Belts next week. On TNT. We got yeah. Tony Schiavone sitting down with uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter. Baker acknowledged their relationship was a little rocky at first, but they've worked it out, and now Hayter is the champion. Baker said Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm were great opponents, but Hayter came out victorious. Baker said Jamie is the champion, and she, Britt, is the boss. I see what you did there, Brittany. I see. I see. That's a nice little fucking subtle dropping of a hint. Oh, my God, Brittany. What are you doing? She's the killer, and I'm the pillar, she said. The fuck that means? Uh, Listen. Now, listen. Britt is getting a drink on the mother's basement menu. Is she? Yes. Oh, man. So is Jade Cargill. Oh, they they mentioned uh, who mentioned your mother's basement today. Somebody mentioned MJ. MJF. MJF's getting a drink in, his, in my mother's basement as well. I well, like his, I like his I like his definitely the one we gave him. You have to man. Of course. Well, MJF's the world champion. He's not going to be represented in my mother's basement. Right. I mean that. Good point. Wardlow's got a drink. Well, Wardlow might not be there. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But the drink menu has already been determined. Awesome. Yes, it's coming. Um, uh, yes, I mean, just by the subtle hint of, uh, Britt saying the boss, it could be something, it could be nothing, but, uh, of all the words she could use, she used boss. Now, who was known as a boss not too long ago in, uh, the other promotion over there? I mean. Yeah, that's not a coincidence, man. No. Now, they played her off as if, uh, it was nothing, and it was just, uh, another, another promo, but that there, uh, kind of caught everybody's attention. So we'll see if they run with that. And uh, we're looking forward to next week to see Mercedes potentially in AEW. Jungle Boy, he introduced Hook as his partner next week to take on Lee Moriarty and Big Bill in Los Angeles on Dynamite. Looking forward to that match, man. Jungle Boy and Hook should be a a, a formidable tag team. Big Bill. Big Bill. The fuck? Big Bill. Everybody's afraid of Big Bill, bro. Oh, Jesus. Sounds like he should be the fucking bouncer outside the OTS venue, Big Bill. There's no quality control here with these names, man. What the- I don't know. Well, did you see what they named Preston Vance? Pero, oh, my God. Pero Pellegrosi, or whatever the my- fuck his name. Pero, what, he's named there for the fucking sparkling water, man, Pellegrino. What the fuck are they naming him? Who? 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 Listen, 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 listen. Let me put my fucking eye pencil down. Uh, TK, listen, bro. His name is Preston. Bro. His real name. TK, listen, bro. I got I gotta talk to you, man. Uh who who quality controls this shit? 
Pero Peligroso is his name. What the fuck was wrong with Preston Vance? That's what I want to know. Can someone please fill me in? Who named him? Did Roosh name him? So bad. It's so bad. Pero Peligroso. It's like him and Big Bill got into a room together and tried to come up with the stupidest names they could find for you. How to be a jobber for life. Just follow Pero Peligroso. He's not Main looking eventing well. for the AEW world title, Pero Peligroso. Preston is not looking well or, I mean, it's not, it's not looking <laughs> like it's... I don't know what's going on here, man, but Preston needs man, a dark quarterback. Man of a thousand and five holes in the chat says his name sounds like an expensive wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh this my guy. god, man! Yeah, he sounds like something I'd order on the fucking Il Molino menu. Would you like a bottle of wine with that or a glass of Chardonnay? I mean, what the fuck, man! Holy yeah. shit! This was such a bad idea. I drink Sauvignon Blanc, by the way. If anybody's uh, out there wanting to get me a bottle of wine, I don't. I don't drink wine because I'm a man. Oh, you're not, uh, no. uh, what am I, too posh for you? You are the yuppiest yuppie I know, man. Listen, bro, you got a problem with me being a yuppie, man? I go to Starbucks almost uh, weekly, for four you days said, a week. You said you want to go to Seattle, bro. You'll be in heaven, man. Of course I was, the coffee capital of the world. There you go, man. You, you know go. what else is in Seattle? Nirvana. And they're fucking terrible, man. Holy shit. Hey. Any Nirvana hey. fans in the chat, I'm sorry. Have fun, man. Blow your brains out, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Hey, Hulu Grim, I'm sorry, bro. I had, I had to let it out, man. Uh, Being that word in Seattle tonight. Anyway, uh, Jungle Boy and Hook, I'm looking forward to it. Big Bill. What's up, bro? Maybe we could hire Big Bill to be the uh, OTS bouncer. Fucking Big Bill. We got to find something to do with him that makes sense. And we got to start by changing that fucking name. There's, got, just so much, there's just so much we can do with Morrissey in, in AEW. Bro, really we, got, we got Big Bill and Perro Pellegrosi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, ridiculous. Control, please, someone. TK, bro, listen. I'm all about the talent getting a hand in their production and their presentation, but someone has to tell them when something sounds stupid. Bro, you can't tell me none of the body that locker room knew or told this guy, hey, bro, Big Bill sounds fucking stupid. Bro, I'm telling No one told him that. Maybe it was his idea. I don't know. Don't care. It was stupid. Somebody okays this shit. Ugh. Anyway, moving on. Brian Danielson and Tony Nese. This went four minutes. This was basically given to the Seattle crowd to get Brian Danielson on TV in his hometown. And if anybody has a fucking problem with that, you could kiss the whiteness of my ass, okay? Absolutely. Brian Danielson on TV weekly is something that nobody ever should be complaining about. It, was, it was what happened after the match. That was fantastic. Afterwards, Danielson said it was great to be home. And let's not forget, let's not really cut Tony Nese short. Tony Nese is fucking great. He's just, he he's just in the middle of nothing right now. And, you know, he's not really looked at as a, a major priority. But, man, can the uh, Long Island guy, Tony Nese, fucking wrestle his ass off. And nobody, nobody looks as good as Tony Nese, man. That guy's got, like, how many, he, he's, he's almost competing with John Morrison for, uh, like, 16-pack abs over there. Yeah, man, he, he looks fantastic. I mean, I think he's he's gonna be where he is. Well, he he he's 
he is where he's going to be in the AEW. I mean, which is fine. Everyone can't be pushed to the moon. I mean, you, you just you just can't. And but Tony Nese is doing just fine for what they're using him for. Um, he looks great. He 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 plays up the 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 jobber heel role pretty well, and he can have a decent match with anyone. I mean, he's he's fine. He's fine. He's not hurt anybody. He's not horrible to watch. He's fantastic, man. So, Bro, who's uh who's better off? Uh Pero Peligroso or Tony Nese? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Preston Vance is dead in the water, bro. Put the mask oh back on him. Oh, my God. This shit is not... I gave it a chance. It's not working out. It's not working out. Put him back in the dark water. So, uh, and listen, Brian Danielson was out there. He said he was feeling a little froggy, froggy bow out there. And uh, wasn't ready for another fight. He was ready for another fight, so he called somebody out. Uh, he called MJF out to the ring. MJF walked out, got a uh, typical <laughs> MJF in Seattle reaction. He called Brian, brain-damaged Brian. <laughs> he said, guy. Danielson probably wants him to wrestle tonight. How about no, he said. He says he doesn't get his rocks off by putting his body on the line to entertain these schmucks like Brian does. MJF says he gets a big fat check whether he wrestles or not, which is what makes him a special attraction. He then said, with all due respect, which means there is no respect given here, if Lance Storm and Dean Malenko were able to procreate and have a child, they'd be more charismatic than Brian Danielson. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily find that to be factual information, but uh, I mean, it was uh, it was a creative a creative comeback there for MJF. I got to give him points for trying there. Just because you look like a goat doesn't mean you're the greatest of all time. He said back. In 1981, it wouldn't surprise him if Mama Danielson, like all the other mothers in Washington, couldn't find a human suitor. So Danielson said, since they're telling jokes, all the wrestlers in the back talk about talk about all the human suitors that MJF's mom had. He says there's probably a lot of them in the arena right now. He pointed at fans. If you were a human suitor for MJF's mother, please raise your hand. So we got MJF's mother into this thing now, and uh, apparently Mama F is uh, getting berated live on national television. I wonder if uh, she tweeted anything in regards to this on social media. What the fuck did she do wrong, though, bro? No, but Landstorm did. Oh, is he gonna is he gonna be uh, (laughs) a Karen now? Oh boy, this gets good. Landstorm said, "If Dean and I did have a kid." He'd be as good as a wrestler as Brian Danielson. Then he said, I'd have to have a kid with the Miz to produce MJF. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, he went below the belt with that one. Well, funny you say that because MJF quote tweeted him. Of course he did. (laughs) And he said, "This this is what MJF said to Lance fucking Storm. Oh, God. On Twitter. You have to have sex to have a kid. I'm not surprised by that comment. <laughs> I am not surprised by that comment. This guy's a dick, dude. MJF wins the internet for January 4th. This guy's a dick. He told Danielson he really thinks he's the best wrestler in the world. He said he is because he is the AEW champion. He asked who died and made him the king of wrestling journalists who never left their mother's basement or the fans without an athletic bone in their bodies. 
I love how they always go to the mother's basement thing, man. This is going to be a fucking ingenious idea by me. Let me tell you. Um, fans chanted asshole, asshole at MJF. MJF said top guys have endorsed him like Disco Inferno, <laughs> Eric Bischoff, Stop. and my personal favorite, Jim Cornette. James E. Cornette. <laughs> Fucking stop, man. I mean, bro, Disco Inferno, <laughs> Disco Inferno, finally, bro, after all of these tireless <laughs> attempts to, find, to, to gain some notoriety in the IWC, was just mentioned by the world champion of All Elite Wrestling live on Dynamite tonight. He must have been fucking uh, uh, swinging his dick around in his home just at the mere, the mere uh, thought of this. I'm supported by legends like Disco Inferno. <laughs> this guy is a dick. Oh, God, my stomach hurts. I mean, I don't listen. If anybody thinks MJF is serious about, about mentioning any of these names, he's not. You think MJF listens to Disco Inferno? Give me a fucking break, bro. <clears throat> Danielson interrupted and says he should just shut up. He says they've heard his spiel a million times. He hates him, and it's time for them to fight. Danielson made a move towards the entrance stage. MJF retreated like a coward. Towards the announce desk, he told Danielson to hold on one second. He then he looked at Taz. Taz, you believe this guy, this fucking maniac over here. He said he came to Seattle as a favor to him to smarten him up. He says, this isn't play wrestling, this is pro wrestling. He said, an AEW wins and losses matter, and if he wants a shot at him, he has to become the number one contender. Fans, this was my favorite part out of the whole thing, fans legitimately started chanting, shut the fuck up, and MJF <laughs> leaned in and said, uh, no. no. I, <laughs> I laughed so hard, I don't know why that caught me. I laughed so hard at that. MJF said he spoke to Tony Khan earlier, that if Danielson wrestled every week and won every week until February 8th, he would become the number one contender for the AW World title. MJF said if he can win every week, he'll give him a match on March 5th at Revolution for the title. Danielson said no. He said he'll just wrestle when he wants to and become the number one contender when he wants to. The MJF, right there. God. This made so much goddamn sense. You, you, you mean to tell me that they actually put it out there in the universe, bro, that if you wrestle and win matches, you become a contender for a championship? <laughs> this makes so much sense because Brian is saying, look, I'm going to come out and wrestle and win when I want to, and I'm not going to do what you tell me to. Fuck you. Who are you? Fuck you. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to wrestle and I get to you when I get to you. Yeah. And then MJF came back with his rebuttal. This made so much sense as opposed to you got to wrestle this and do this and do this to get a title match with me. Okay. No. Yeah. What the fuck you mean? Okay. Like, no. There was reason behind to make Brian say, okay, fine, I'll do it. It just made total sense to me. I loved it so much. And, and MJF then went into a rage and got uh, very Ric Flair-esque here. He says he has to become the number one contender only if he does the things his way. It's my way or no way. Got it. He says he'll put Mark Sterling on him if he doesn't. Danielson said Sterling is a terrible lawyer. Danielson said he'll agree to his cute little stipulation as long as he lets him decide on the stipulation for their match at Revolution. So Brian's already predicting that he's going to be at Revolution, which we all know he will. MJF called some fan at this point a fat skank. Oh, and I mean, I just, I just died laughing. I mean, it's just that out of nowhere he points. He's like, shut up, you fat skank. I mean. 
I mean, this is what makes MJF gold on television. He says he's fine with Danielson picking the stipulation. Danielson said his stip will test whether he is really the best wrestler. And the stipulation is a one-hour Iron Man match. Now, I will uh, get to that in a second. Uh, Shivani started yelling, do it, dumbass, do it. MJF uh, is standing there contemplating is maxi pad scared, said Brian Danielson. Shivani says, I can answer that. MJF was upset at this point. God damn it, you're on. He agreed. He says he's not worried because he won't make it past one. He says he is a choke artist anytime he's given a big opportunity. Danielson says he's going to run through every single opponent he puts in front of him now until February 8th. He says he will go on to expose that you don't have the cardio, that you don't have the work ethic, He says he'll show that the reason he doesn't wrestle more often is that he's not good enough to wrestle every week. He says he'll put the nail in the coffin and kick his damn head in. Now, this segment was gold. Uh, MJF, I mean, I don't want to make this. uh, It's basically an MJF love fest every week. Uh, He knows how good he is. Uh, MJF is fucking absolutely brilliant. Um, This back and forth with Brian was the best way to start Dynamite off with this world title program. And we got a one-hour Ironman match between Brian Danielson and MJF. Now, this is the part I really want to focus on, Jesse. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, an Ironman match, what a boring stipulation. I-, I can already hear the fucking virgin geeks, you know, crying, oh, it's boring, oh, it's too long, nobody wants to watch pro wrestling for an hour, I'm sure Vince Russo will be crying, nobody wants to watch a pro wrestling match for one hour, bro. I mean, give me a fucking break. This is brilliant because Brian is going to be put in matches. They already announced his first opponent. His first opponent is Kanosuke Takeshita next Wednesday on Dynamite. I mean, take my fucking money, please. That match is going to be a banger of all bangers. If we're going to get matches like that with Brian on television, and then we're going to get this Iron Man match, Jesse, and the narrative out there. And I know what's out there. Oh, MJF, he's not really all that good. He wrestles five or six, seven times a year. Bro, MJF is going to show the fucking world how good... He's already a great wrestler. You can put him in an Iron Man match. Everybody's going to now realize how great MJF is at a pro at pro wrestling. Yes. And Brian is going to make this guy... MJF is already a made man, but MJF's title run, bro, may, may reach maximum levels in his first defense. He is. He is. So a match like this with a guy like that helps MJF become an even stronger champion because he went the hour with Brian goddamn Danielson, bro. Yeah. So it's not about fluff matches and 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 overbooked bullshit with MJF. He can also go in the ring, and that's what we're going to get. Brian Danielson is going to bring out a one-hour classic with MJF, man. I can't fucking wait. This is going to be brilliant. I, I, this is going to be so fucking good, man. Um, now, is Revolution slated to be uh, eight hours long is what I want to know. I don't know. It's going to have to be. We're booking this match at one hour, right? So one hour, you, 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 uh, you, you take into consideration that the match itself will go 60 minutes. The introductions and the uh, lead into the match will probably take another 10. So you're, you're eating up a good chunk, one-fourth of the show on pay-per-view by this match alone. I got to see how uh, Tony Khan's going to book this thing because he usually loads these shows up with, like, fucking 21 matches. We're not and getting 21 matches on, on Revolution. Hey, hope it don't go into overtime. I mean, yeah, that happens. F- I know. I know. So this is great. I mean, 
Uh, an Iron Man match, I have no problem. Uh, listen, Iron Man matches are very few and far between. We don't get them all the time. We got one last January, and we're getting one this year. I love it. Now, the only gripe I have, Jesse, about all this, and I- I'm sure this is not MJF's fault, but it seemingly feels like MJF kind of finds himself in the same situation uh, with storylines like this. It's very similar to what we saw with Wardlow. Now, are, are you concerned about... You know, the sameness of the storyline with Brian here, comparing it to what he did with Wardlow. Even Jericho uh, did the same thing as well. We got a storyline with uh, Jericho wrestling MJF, and he had to go through the five trials of Jericho. I mean, is it a problem that they seem to be rehashing the same kind of storyline here with MJF seemingly once a year? Or is it something that you don't care about because it's Brian Danielson? Well, I mean, I'm going to hold off judgment at this point because I said that seven you know, match series with the Bucks and the Death Triangle was a bad idea. Yeah. And and I'm eating those words now because the, the series has been fun. So I want to see what they have planned for this one. And it makes sense when they book things like this because MJF does not wrestle every week. Yeah. So, but he has to be at TV. So what is he out there doing? I mean... He needs to be something interesting rather than just coming out, shitting in the hometown, and then leaving. Yeah. So now he has something to do. He has he has a hand in all of these matches that Brian Danielson is going to take part in. And who does not want to see Brian Danielson wrestle every fucking week? Yeah. You know? So that being said, this is it's just turning into one of those things where I kind of don't mind it because it seems to find its way to be interesting every time. I mean, we know what the outcome is going to be. We know they're going to meet... Hell, we even know what the outcome of the one-hour match is going to be. We know what the outcome is going to be all the way through, and I'm still interested in it. So that says a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how much the fans are invested in Brian and who he is and MJF and who he is. Yeah. Just a testament to both guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was an initial worry. I'm like, didn't we see this before? But, I mean, knowing the matches that we're going to get, I doubt it's gonna even going to be a fucking problem by the end of this thing, to be honest with you. Nah. nah. We got Swerve Strickland. With his mogul affiliates. By the way, the tattooed guy still doesn't have a name. We, we don't know his name. Three weeks now, we don't have a fucking Why? That's getting so fucking nerve-wracking because commentary don't know what to fucking call this guy. They called him the tattooed guy. They, they get confused every time they have to fucking reference him. Who is he? Well, who, well, Give him a I, name. I, I mean, I, why are they treating this guy like he's like the, the coming of Christ? Who is he? He should have a name by now. Give the guy a name. They've been so bad with names as of late. They don't even know what they look. Don't even give them a name. We came up with Big Bill. We got Perro Pellegrosi over yeah. here, and we can't give this guy a fucking name. <laughs> Pino DeGrigio, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Clearly, we need to reset these names. So let's hold off on the name for this guy. Pino Grigio, bro. Oh, just my goodness. fucking wait because we don't want to drop oh. another name. So just call him whatever. Listen, the match itself was very good. AR Fox is very good. He everything he ju- everything he does is just fucking smooth as butter. Who is Ricochet? And, uh, yes, uh, Ricochet too. Yeah. No, that's Rick. No, that's Ricochet in the ring. Uh, I, I know. Well, I mean, listen, if we could get anything like Ricochet on AEW Dynamite, I mean, I'm I'm here for it. AR Fox is uh, as smooth as butter. Everything he does is great. Everything looks great. Uh, this he match is. with Swerve was good. We know how good Swerve is. Uh, this was a calling, a callback to uh, their little feud that they had in Lucha Underground, and that was referenced Ooh. on commentary. Killshot and Dante Fox back in Lucha Underground. Um, days, man. I know. I miss Lucha Underground. I thought it was great. 
If I can get a box set of Lucha Underground, I'd be happy as hell. Yeah, yeah, I know. Dario, Dario, Dario Cueto was fucking... I mean, outside of William Regal, the best on-screen authority figure ever. What's he, he doing nowadays? I don't know. I don't know where he is. What, what a great hell? fucking, you know, GM. If anybody can tell me where I can find the complete series of Lucha Underground... I would love to know. I would actually buy it or watch it, man. They had some great concepts over there. Yeah. The Azteca yeah. Battle Royal. I mean, that shit was great. When it comes to the the high production, high cinema type style recording of wrestling, I, I don't think anybody's ever done it better than Lucha Underground. Man, man the fucking segments with Dario walking, uh, people walking into his office, man. Oh, God, that shit oh. was so good. Oh, D- Dario's in MLW. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, yeah, Azteca Underground, huh? Okay, okay, okay. There you nice. go. That's a nice pickup there. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, this was a very good match. Uh, we got Swerve beating AR Fox here and uh, picking it up kind of in the middle of what's going on here. Uh, we got a uh, Swerve Discus Larry. He missed the Discus Larry. Fox counted with a kip up in Zuguri. Uh, he looked for a somersault cutter. Swerve countered into a German suplex. And a flat liner for a two-swerve nearly crotched AR uh, out of the corner. But Fox flipped out into a short cutter. Uh, he got an iconoclasm into another cutter. Fox hit a beautiful-looking 450 splash for a very close near fall. Parker Boudreaux snuck a weapon to swerve behind the referee's back, who cracked Fox in the corner while uh, the tattooed guy, is what they're calling him, uh, had the referee's attention. Swerve hit a great-looking Death Valley driver off the second rope. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. He blasted AR Fox with a Death Valley driver off the second turnbuckle onto the ring apron. That was basically it. That was awesome. Uh, I mean, just devastating stuff. Uh, Swerve stomp off the top rope moments later in the ring, and uh, Excalibur perfectly called it, saying that Swerve went for the kill shots. Got to love the throwback there for Lucha Underground, and Swerve gets the victory. Um, he's on his way. Uh, I just don't know what this mogul affiliates is really going to do. Uh, I seen some, uh, people on social media saying that the swerve, uh, group here, mogul affiliates is actually going to end up bringing him down. Now, is he good enough to really get these guys over Jesse? That's the question. It, it's not about being good enough to get them over. I mean, sometimes the guys just don't have it. All right. And it's, and it's not a knock on them. So if they don't have it then you got to make sure you pair them with the right people to bring it out of them. And I don't, I just don't think this is the right pairing for what you want to do. Um, I don't feel the synergy in this group at all. No, not at all. It doesn't seem enticing. It doesn't seem like they're a real group. One of them doesn't even have a fucking name. I mean, it just, it does not work. Um, I don't think anyone's enjoying it. And if they would have put, Swerve with private party, I think it would have just flowed. It just yeah. would have it just would have all come together. Um I'm not liking this at all. And I've seen Parker Boudreaux for months now, and I've seen no progression from when he since when he came from NXT. No. I don't know who this new guy is, but it's not looking all that exciting to me right now. I don't think this is a, a, a faction that's gonna work out. No, me neither. I, I'm not really feeling it at all. And uh, I, I do think at the end of all this, and, and I have hopes for Parker. Uh, I do. Uh, the fact that they haven't given this guy a fucking name yet, this other guy, I, yeah. I just don't feel like they're going to really be uh, the type of guys that are going to really surround Swerve and 
bring his stock up. I feel like the entire group is going to end up bringing his stock down after such a hot uh, first year in AEW. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, I agree. I think Swerve is worth more than this. And and by the way, Lance Storm has now replied to uh, the you have to have sex to have a kid Lance (laughs) comment. Actually, uh, Lance Storm says, actually, you don't need to have sex. There is IVF. So there is hope you'll get a Father's Day card someday, Max. (laughs) I mean... The feud we didn't, the, the feud that we didn't anticipate on social media is Landstorm and uh, MJF. Oh God, I need Landstorm on TV now talking shit with MJF. There you go. I need it. I need it. I don't know why people are telling me that Mercedes is now confirmed for all uh, elite. Re- I don't see anything confirmed. What are you talking about? Why would they announce it before next week? Yeah, I don't. They didn't confirm. I don't see a graphic up anywhere. Me neither. And anybody that's saying that, get them out of here. It's it's all but you know all but done, but unless the graphic goes up, it's not official from AEW, man. Soraya was with Renee, Tony Storm uh, as well. Hikaru she was there as well with Renee. Uh, Soraya said she's not surprised by what Baker and Hater have been saying. Soraya said she's happy they've been trending every week about who their partner will be. Soraya said her partner will be one of the best on the AEW roster, Tony Storm. <laughs> I have no problem with Tony. Hey, listen, more more Tony time. The better, okay. Uh, Sheeta looked, Sheeta looked dejected and annoyed as Saray and Storm basically turned their backs to her and ignored her. While Parquet sort of kind of just shrugged her shoulders, like, "What the fuck is, is going on here?" Saray and Storm absolutely came across like jerks here, and uh, they are baby faces. So I, I don't know. I'm assuming this will be the start of a heat, uh, Sheeta heel turn, and uh, all those talks about Mercedes uh, Monet. Uh, being brought in as the mystery, par- mystery partner will probably be uh, revealed next week is what I'm feeling. But, uh, yes, uh, Sheena heel turn, bro. Maybe. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, I'm all for anything with, with Sheeta right now. Sheeta has, Sheeta has grown on me like, like, like fucking, like Io Shirai has, man. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those, and, 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 I, and I say it because, I say Io because somehow, you know, they don't they don't speak um English very well. Um they don't really have a form of communication with the live audience and shit like that. So they have to do it with their in-ring work. Yeah. And Sheeta has been very good at storytelling, man. Her and her fucking their heated feud with Deep really got her over for me. So and where is Serena Deep, man? I, I, I think she's injured. Oh fucking. And you know how AEW doesn't divulge injuries. We need, like I mean, they, fucking, they, they need uh, to keep her relevant, man. Something. Like, uh, it's like it's like they're holding fucking secrets in Area 51. I mean, holy fuck. Give us some injury reports, updates. Some, tell us she's injured. Keep her relevant somehow. It's like I'm watching dude. the fucking Braves all season long, and then they want to they wanna hide that yeah. their starting pitcher, their star top pitcher is fucking injured. I never, I, they, don't, they hide it. Like, well, how no. long is he out? What's the nature of the injury? Are we going to see him back? I mean, holy fuck. I don't get it with these fucking something. wrestling companies. Who gives a shit? I want to see some. Give me some vignettes. Like, hey, I'll be back soon. I'm gonna kick some ass. They just gone and forgotten about. We got the Gun Club. They're out there, and we have a funeral service for FTR as they lost the IWGP World Tag Team Championships at Wrestle Kingdom. So they had a uh, funeral for the careers of FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood. They have posters of them on uh, the ring or in the ring. And Colton says he's not sure he can get through it, but he'll try. He talked about FTR traveling the world and winning a lot of tag team titles. Not AEW, though. 
Austin said, as 2022 came to an end, their decrepit dad bods couldn't hold up. He says they lost their titles and even started a podcast no one listens to. He says they destroyed their legacy in 10 minutes. He asked them to stand up for a moment of silence in honor of, uh, in honor of FTR's career and FTR's music hit. And apparently they were about to come down and confront the gun club. And their music suddenly gave way to nothing. There was no FTR. They were at Wrestle Kingdom last night. There's no way that they could have made it. Or maybe, I mean, Seattle to Japan. I don't know how long of a flight that is, maybe. But There's no way they got out of that match and rushed their ass. No, no way. To do nothing on AEW television? No. no. Uh, the guns laughed because the fans actually thought that they were here. He says, that will never work in AEW again. And they will never work in AEW again because they are the new living legends. Top guns out. I like that line. What is going on with it? This almost seems like a little bit of a shoot. I mean, what FTR has lost every title that they've had. They're not getting the AEW titles. Dax is being very lax about what he's talking about on his podcast. He even says that he'd love to wrestle Cody Rhodes and hopes to see him soon. Dax is getting a lot of heat for this podcast. Maybe that's what he got heat for. It's, it's, I'm looking at this segment. I'm like, are are they not returning? Are they just ending them right now? It almost feels like that because even if they come back, you lost all these titles, and now you're feuding with the gun club. Boy, that seems like a wee bit of a, um, we're going to tuck you under here yeah. and leave you down here for a little bit. Yeah, yeah your stock was too high. We're going we're gonna to kill that stock a little bit. Seems like it, man. Maybe seems Tony like Khan it. didn't get a, uh, a guarantee from them that they're staying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wherever they go, we're going to support them because we love Dax and we love cash. Absolutely. Jay Cargill and Red Velvet. Against Sky Blue and Kiera Hogan. Tony Brown, where are you, bro? That's what oh, I want to know. There's this damn girl, man. Seven minutes. Cargill and Red Velvet win here. Uh, Jesse, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Red Velvet had walked away from the baddies. I thought it was already over. It seemed like they just repeated this. I thought they already got into that. Oh, well, fuck you. Okay, we, we at that level? Okay, me and you? Fuck, all right, we'll go at it later. And they back at it again, splitting up again. I thought they already... Split up. What the fuck are we doing? I mean, I, co- I couldn't give a single solitary shit about any of this. I mean, but uh, Jay didn't look terrible tonight. She uh, did uh, the bare minimum as usual, but she didn't look terrible. What she did in there looked good. Red Velvet looks great. Uh, she didn't really get much time in there. Went about seven minutes. Sky Blue and Kara Hogan took a lot of offense here. Jade Chokeslam Blue told Velvet she needs to win this for her. Set it up for her easy. Velvet jumped off the ring apron and said, fuck no. Blue rolled up Jade for a very close near fall. Jade fired back with a pump kick, knocked Sky Blue out. One, two, three, and that was it. Goodbye. I mean, it wasn't thanks for coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't, I just don't get why. They, so, the women perform perfectly. The segment, excuse me, even happened. If you Jade, why would you team up with this woman? You just get pissed off because you're not on the same page anymore. I'm just saying, fuck that. I'm not taking with her. Uh, Jade Cargill is 46 and 1. Ah, 46 and 1. Yes. She's not 47 and 0. It's 46 and 1. There you go, man. And, and, and if you don't think that's going to be an Easter egg in the, the Mother's Basement uh, new uh, venue, uh, <laughs> you got another thing covered, man. There's going to be a couple of there's going to be a couple of Jade Easter eggs, man. We're going to have uh, we're going to have the quote that she gave me on that uh, Halloween's Eve right behind the bar, plaqued. It's going to be great. Oh God. It's going to be awesome. Oh, but why are you gonna instigate, man? You never need. You never learn your lesson. 
Fuck them. They they are always doing this shit, man. I live and I dwell in my mother's basement, so now I'm giving it to you. Give it to them. I'm, I'm sorry. Usually, I'm usually the one to say, no, bro, drop it, let it go, blah, blah, blah. No, they keep doing this shit, bro. Fuck it. Give I mean, it back to them. Here's what it is. It's going to be the place to be. Um, We got... Renee interviewing Lethal, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, by the way, bro, it's J E double F, J A double R. Finish it, bro. E double T, right? I hate you so much, man. Jeff Jarrett. Sanjay Dutton sat in him sing back. Says Jarrett was ranting. Renee says they'll have a no holds barred match at Battle of the Belts. He says they will be the new tag team champions on Friday. No, no, they won't. Samoa Joe. Versus Darby Allen, TNT title match. Uh, this is the only part of the show that I felt like it was being rushed. Everything else flowed very nicely here. Uh, if AEW had uh, a five-minute overrun, this probably wouldn't have felt as rushed as it did. Uh, we had Darby Allen win the TNT championship against Samoa Joe. Uh, very good main event. I mean, Darby is just great. And Joe's offense against someone like Darby is always going to look good. But Darby had this really cool video package leading up to the match. Uh, he hugged Nick Wayne, this uh, phenom, 17-year-old prodigy at ringside. People are already saying he's the next coming of Will Ospreay. My God. Where's he from? Uh, I don't know where he's from, but uh, apparently uh, he's got another year or so before he could actually uh, begin his AEW career. He's got an AEW's, uh, what's being called an AEW Futures contract. Yeah, he's got to finish high school. Yes. He's wrestled for GCW. He's wrestled, uh, you know, up and down the coasts. I can't wait to see Apparently, he's like the next coming of Will Ospreay. If he makes it, Joe tried to fucking kill him. Oh, I mean, Joe grabbed him by the throat. Darby Allen said, fuck that shit. Hit a dive. One of them uh, cannonball dives to the outside. Hitting Joe with his skateboard repeatedly as well. Allen hit uh, a big dive off the stage onto the back of Joe with the skateboard. Uh, Allen pulled out a huge ladder on the stage that a somersault sent on onto Joe, uh, tweaking his leg in the process. It looked like he legitimately got hurt. So both men, they were back in the ring. The match officially had begun because the bell didn't ring at this point. Now it rung. Joe went right back outside where Joe hit a fucking absolutely sickening uh, Yorinage on the steel steps. And I mean, not the side of the steps, on the legitimate steps going up the steps. He threw him yeah. into the fucking... Direct yeah. impact of the stairs. He didn't lead him by the head. No. Let the guy dive into the side. He picked him up and dropped him on the edges. Yes. Walking up, just right on the fucking edges, man. Ridiculous. I mean, Darby just doesn't give a shit, but that's why we love Darby. So, uh, Joe continued to beat down Allen, and Allen got a desperation rear naked choke. Joe fell with all of his weight to, to break it up. Joe crossed up Allen's legs and hit a double knee breaker in a very uh, nice-looking spot. Joe hit a running senton to the leg, slapped on a half crab. He went for the muscle buster. Allen slid out, got a roll-up. Joe counted into a rear naked choke. Allen counted into a pin attempt. Joe pulled off the corner buckle pad, and Darby tried to float over with a stunner but fell right into a rear naked choke again. Allen hit his chest like Sting, started firing up, ran Joe headfirst into the exposed corner, Hit a beautiful-looking code red, two coffin drops, and that was enough to win the match and win the title, and the crowd in Seattle exploded for the hometown guy. Confetti shot out of the ring posts. Sting came down to the ring, lifted Allen up, and they celebrated with the TNT title to end what I thought was a very good, not a very good, an excellent 
AEW Dynamite tonight to start the new year. Uh, new champion, bro. Uh, we talked about this earlier. I, I would not have taken the title off Samoa Joe, but I'm not Tony Khan, and I don't book AEW Dynamite, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Joe did have the momentum and everything. And if you wanted Darby to be champion over Joe, it's okay. It's okay. But Joe's double title reign could have lasted a little bit longer. I don't know why they had to push it this soon. I know Darby was at home tonight. I get that part. But again, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have um double titled Joe like that. I really wouldn't have. He won they weren't even really doing anything with Joe when they gave him two titles. You know, granted, since he's had two titles, he's been, you know, he's been a fucking boss. He's been killing it. You know, but he just didn't need two titles. Give him a title. Let him beat Joe, the Joe that we got, and we're good. We would have been perfectly fine. For some reason, they wanted Joe to have two titles. Okay. Now they want Darby to have a title. You couldn't wait. I mean, things are moving too fast with these titles as far as as much as they're being, you know, changed. And the one that's not moved is the one we want moved off of Jay Cargill. Yeah. Anyway, that was the end of Dynamite. Uh, Rampage, we're looking at Brian Danielson and John Moxley versus Top Flight, Darius and Dante Martin. House of Black will uh, cut a promo. Pero Pelly Grosso will be in action. AEW Women's Champion Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker take on the Renegade Twins. Uh-oh, Jesse's yeah. going to be watching that one. Yes, my girls. Battle of the Belts, we got the acclaimed against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. No holes barred. Jay Cargill defends the TBS title against Sky Blue, and Orange Cassidy defends against Cape Sabian, the All-Atlantic title. Uh, I will not be reviewing or watching Battle of the Belts. It seems like another throwaway show. And then Dynamite next week, the big one from L.A. Match 7, ladder match, Death Triangle and the Elite. Soraya and, quote-unquote, for now, Tony Storm take on Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. Brian Danielson versus Takeshita. Jungle Boy and Hook against Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. And John Moxie versus Adam Hangman Page. So we got some great shit coming up. AEW seems to be on fire right now, and I'm loving it. Loving it. So is FTR going to get heat? Not FTR. Is Bailey? gonna get heat for taking these pictures with FTR and Sasha. Oh, I said that tomorrow on the extra. I'm like, uh, Bailey, some people were like, oh, Bailey's gonna end up in New Japan. No, Bailey's not going anywhere. Neither is Naomi. Um, I'm sure Bailey needed uh, clearance from Papa H to be there. And I'm sure uh, she got it. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been there. Well, I I mean, I don't don't even know if she needed that just to go. I mean, you wanna go, go. But you're a public figure. Don't be seen in public. But not if she's taking these pictures with AEW talent. Could it be a um, uh, what's that guy? They got got to get fired for taking pics with the young bucks. Oh, uh, who is it? Uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Jimmy, yeah, yeah, Jacobs. I mean, I know it's I know it's a different era, you know. I, I get all that, but at the core of it, WWE does not play well with others. So, I mean, don't forget that part. And we'll see. Well, Naomi didn't show up in these pics. Just Bailey. Oh, no, 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 Naomi, Naomi was there. I got, uh, it's all in the extra tomorrow. I got some pictures of Naomi and Sasha backstage. Oh, yeah, I saw I saw her, I saw her there. But I'm looking at these pics that Dax posted with, with them in the locker room. Oh. With uh, Bailey and FTR and Sasha. Yeah. So. Anyway, bro, uh, that is all I got for you guys. Uh, Jesse, are you staying or you going, man? You don't have to be here for the Super Chats if you want to go get your rest, yeah. man. I, I do. I got to I gotta go. I got I to gotta go let my dog out. Um, normally, um, there's always someone here in the house to let him out when I'm, you know, on here live. But they're all in Florida, and he's been begging to go out, and 
there's no one here but me. So I got to let my dog out. All right. I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us tonight, man. Uh, get better, get rest, and then uh, we will hopefully see you uh, do your thing on Rampage if you're up to it. Hopefully. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Um, take it easy. Hopefully I don't die. Oh, shut up. My fever broke. I'm yeah, happy. My fever uh, That's dropped. all that matters, man. It's a very good thing, man. Right, bro, one, more, one more box to check, and I was going to the hospital, man. Uh, well, hopefully we don't have to have that happen. Well, all right, man. I'll, right. t- I'll talk to you. I'll check in with you tomorrow. Peace. Later, man. Jesse is gone, guys, and we are going into the Super Chats right now as we... There we go, man. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Nice sick transition, man. I'm ready. I'm fucking prepared this year, motherfucker, okay? I got it. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for uh, joining me tonight on the podcast. Listen, I'm going to need 1,000 likes minimum, man. We got 2,300 people in here. What the fuck am I looking at, man? 759 likes? What is wrong with you guys, man? Hit the thumbs up. Did we not entertain you tonight? A thousand likes minimum, okay? Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Have an extra out tomorrow. Look forward to it, man. My personal thoughts on Sasha Banks already uploaded, man. I may give it to my members early, to be honest with you. So look forward to that. And make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS and get those Super Chats in. We are going to go over the Super Chats right now, actually, uh, as soon as I get my YouTube screen up to see who we're starting off with here, man. We are going to start off with Joseph Taylor. Joseph Taylor with a $22 Super Chat. J.D., Jesse, two things. Your top five Dynamite moments and your top five WrestleManias. Joseph, you put me on the spot with these ridiculous questions, man. I feel like I got to answer it now with the $22 Super Chat. My top five Dynamite moments? I I don't know, man. Uh, Cody and and Sammy off the top of my head with that ladder match, number one. Uh, MJF's pipe bomb. MJF and Punk. CM Punk returning. I mean, th- there's just so many. There's just so many. Right? I love the Brian and Hangman Iron Man match. I mean, everything is... I mean, they just... You just can't pick five, bro. You can't pick five. And top five WrestleManias? My favorite WrestleMania of all time. Just because of what had happened. Was WrestleMania 30. Brian Danielson. WrestleMania typically is the worst show of the entire year, especially with Vince McMahon in charge. I don't think we had a. I don't think we've had a solid WrestleMania since the fucking uh, Attitude Era. Honestly, this year, this year's WrestleMania was great. This past year, Night One was great, but that was the first time in, in what? That was the first time since WrestleMania 31. WrestleMania 31 was also a great WrestleMania. Oh, man, we got Tyler. We got Tyler with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 6, 199 Super Chats. I saw Sasha is still on the WWE active roster page. Yeah, for now. Somebody forgot to update that. I'm going to first 
AEW show on Friday. So excited. Whatever happened to Shanky? Who cares? Shanky was fresh. You deserve to replace Kevin Patrick on commentary. Much love. Mercedes has reportedly signed with AEW. So proud. Tyler, thank you so much, brother. It's a lot of love there, man. Enjoy that show on Friday as well. It should be a banger. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Safe to say we get that Iron Man match at the pay-per-view. Absolutely. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. Brian Danielson and Kanosuke Takeshita. Five stars. It's going to be, for sure. Tony Brown with a $4.99. Tasty booty meat, he says. Oh, my goodness. Tony Brown, AEW is the breeding ground for booty meat. Matt, the PW fan with a $20 super chat. My prediction, Hikaru Shida turns heel and attacks Tony Storm off camera. Out of jealousy, Mercedes Monet steps in and replaces Tony Storm as Soraya's partner. Mercedes is going to be TK's biggest signing since CM Punk. Said that on social media earlier this this afternoon. Thank you, uh, PW fan. I appreciate you, brother. Colin Hutton with a $10 super chat. Dynamite was a good show tonight. However, I thought the gun segment was not needed. And it had WWE-ish vibes. It felt like Bruce Pritchard produced it. LOL. It definitely felt WWE-ish. But I enjoyed it. I thought they came off great. The Script Keeper with a $5 super chat. What a dynamite. I haven't enjoyed AW this much since Dustin versus Cody. Rest in peace to Mama Rhodes. Yes, indeed. Mama Rhodes passed away today. Thoughts and prayers to the Rhodes family. Nick motherfucking Williams with a $5 super chat. What's worse, Bill Goldberg winning the WWE title or Jeff Jarrett winning the AEW title? Nothing is worse than Bill Goldberg, bro. Nothing is worse than Bill Goldberg. Mr. Premium 2002 with a $50 super chat. Believe me, I understand the feel-good moment that was for Darby winning in his hometown, although it is really getting old trying to invest in a TNT champion only to have the title continuously being given the role of a hot potato. Could not have said it any better, Mr. Premium. That is a... Seriously hot potato. Thank you for the 50, brother. The Jay Caleb Show with a $10 super chat. I know AR Fox isn't a major player, but I got to give him props. Dude hits all his moves so cleanly. He is flawless, bro. So good as AR Fox. A lot of what you watch today is influenced by AR Fox or taught to them by AR Fox. Hollow Guns, 167, and Nolan the Lamp Shop become new members in the OTS VIP club. I appreciate you gentlemen very much. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Jean-Pierre Mercedes with a five-month membership. What are you drinking to celebrate tonight, Jean-Pierre? Marquise with a $2 super chat. Mercedes Monet. We'll be all elite next week, fellas. I agree. Absolutely agree. 
$2 super chat by the script keeper. Get well, Jesse. Jesse is not here right now. He just dipped out. He is about to go get some rest, man. He had a high fever tonight that actually broke during the podcast, and he's going to get his sleep. So Jesse is under the weather tonight, and he did the show. Thank you to Jesse. Uh, AR Fox or Amazing Red Cake. Uh, Amazing Red's influence is seen by everybody, bro. Everybody that you watch today that does what they do as far as, you know, Ricochet and AR Fox and Rey Mysterio, all influenced by Amazing Red, bro. Man gets not even a fourth of the fucking credit that he deserves. And he's still just as good. That's the sketch, this fucking sad thing. QMR Rage with a $50 super chat. Thank you, brother. Hey, JD and Jesse, bank on Mercedes Monet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll bank on that woman eight days out of seven, bro. Jonas Tiger with a $50 super chat in his currency. Don't know what that is. I wish YouTube would tell me. Uh, $5. There you go. Sasha Banks is all elite. Omega Osprey already match of the year contender. Dynamite was great tonight and hopefully will be maintained. I got to watch that uh, Omega Osprey match. I heard it was like a 12-star banger. Johnny Retsu with a new membership. Thank you, Johnny. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? PMAC with a $10 super chat. People just love to hate on Mercedes saying she's botched the move. I watched the clip from her and uh, Mexico hitting that move. It's just a gory bomb transferred into a DDT. And Kyrie took the move wrong. Yes, she did. It's Kyrie's fault, not Mercedes' fault. Dwayne Jackson with a $10 Super Chat with Monet Vernado joining. Do you think TK will know how to use her properly or will she just be another woman on the roster? Bro, we don't know yet. She's not even there yet, man. Let's talk about this next week. Manny with a $10 Super Chat. Happy New Year's to you, JD, Jesse, and all the OTS family. May the awesomeness continue and may everyone have a great 2023. Thank you, Manny, and thank you, Dwayne, for your generosity with the $10 Super Chats. We got a $4.99 Super Chat from Hoodlum. My boy, Darby, hell yeah, so dope. Keep killing it, JD. Thank you, Hoodlum. Manny with a $5 Super Chat. If Mercedes is AEW bound, do you think that Mercedes will be the one to take down Jade Cargill, or will she go for the AEW women's title from the start? Manny. Let's get Mercedes in the company first before we start booking her to beat an undefeated Jed Cargill. Or crown her champion already. DJ with a 499. I literally watched my first Wrestle Kingdom and loved every second of it. The Kenny and Osprey match was my favorite in my opinion. AEW was a W2. I gotta watch the match. I'm not gonna watch the whole event, but I gotta watch that match. I have a feeling they'd run it back. I do have a funny feeling they'd run it back at Forbidden Door. Osprey and Kenny, too, at Forbidden Door. If they can stay healthy. Bushi Clementine with four months. Thank you, brother. Don't put two titles on a guy. Looking at you, Roman. Roman's did pretty well for himself. 
Paul David Elliott with 12 months. Thank you, Paul David. Hey, guys, what two teams do you want to see match up in the Super Bowl? Honestly, Paul, I could not give a single shit. The Giants are in the playoffs. I'm going with the New York Giants just because it's a hometown team. The only New York team I do not despise. Them and the Knicks. Me Wilson with a $10 Super Chat. Hey, JD. It's been a while since I sent a Super Chat. Thank you, Me Wilson. But I've been keeping up with the show. I'm happy that Mercedes is staying in pro wrestling. I'm supporting her no matter what she does. Happy for her. Happy to hear that. She deserves the respect and support. Golden Boy with a $10 Super Chat. Guys, did you see how much a stand-up guy Jericho is? He gave $5,000 in donations to Hamlin, but misspelled his name, so he went back and donated another $5,000 just so he spelled his name correctly. Jericho's a class act, bro. Jericho's a class act. No doubt about it. The little Kev with a 1999 Super Chat. I would have swerved take the title from Darby. I'd like that. I think that'd be great. Golden Boy with the $2 Super Chat. JD Satnam Singh dropped F-bombs. They caught also. I, I, I did not see that. I did not hear that. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. I mean, who can blame Kurt? Everybody back in the day had Kelly Kelly days. Barbie Blank is a very attractive female, bro. Can't blame uh, anybody for finding her attractive. Drizzy Drew to 199 Super Chats. Tag, title, direction, acclaimed. Gun Club, FTR. Gun Club as transitional champs sets heel versus face. Eh, maybe. Maybe. Phil. With a 13 months, I appreciate you, Phil. Love the new presentation for Dynamite. A more professional look to it, which was needed. Didn't like Darby winning the title, but I understood why. Side wrestle with 199. Do you think we see Mercedes Monet at Hog soon? No. Mercedes is not cheap, bro. And if Tony Khan is signing her, he's not letting that investment do indie shows Phil with a 999 there is absolutely no way Tony will be Soraya's partner next week I think Sheeta turns heel and attacks Tony leading to Soraya scrambling to find a new partner what do you think same thing we said on the show tonight Phil that's what I think is going to happen the script keeper with a $5 super chat they really need to get Alan Angels and Stu Grayson back and reunite Dark Order and book them to be the next big thing. I'd love to see uh, Stu Grayson back. I think Stu Grayson is fucking great. Him and Evil Uno were a great tag team. Phil with an I-99. Also, for some reason, and I don't know why I thought this, but I thought Sting was about to turn on Darby after the win. For some reason, that looked strange to me. Was I reading too much into that? Yes, Phil. Uh, that would be silly to have Sting turn on Darby. Then what are we going to get? Darby versus Sting for the TNT title? Come on. Michael McGee with a 499. Looking forward to the LA show. I think Adam Cole interferes and costs the Elite, the trio's titles, and Snoop Dogg comes out and sings Mercedes theme. Possibility. 
It's a possibility. I do not think that her theme that we heard at New Japan is her official theme. There's no way that's a Mikey Ruckus production. No way. Brandon James Shea with a four-month membership. Thank you, Brandon. Script Keeper, $2 Super Chat. MJF and Daniel Super 60 Minutes. Take my money. Willem Hendrick Fuller with 25 months and a golden microphone for the first time. Oh, my goodness. JD and Jesse, thank you for being the highlights in the IWC. I literally just watch and follow you. Thank you for always speaking the truth no matter what. Phil, uh, not uh, Willem, thank you so much. And Phil, thank you too, bro. Willem, thank you so much, brother. That means a lot to me, bro. Thank you so much. Portillo, six months. Great show tonight. Do you see the AW Power Rankings coming back? The rankings would typically get restarted in January. But last updated on 831.22. No. They are, uh, they phased them out a long time ago. Man of a thousand and five holds. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, 16-month membership. Great AEW to start out the new year. Wouldn't it make sense for Sheeta to attack Soraya since she made the decision and insulted her, not Tony? You would think, right? But, I mean, Sheeta feuding with Soraya doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's not really a, a, an eye-grabbing match. Now, Soraya and, and Mercedes teaming up, there's a lot of history there. That's what they're going for. Jedi Joker, 19 months. Thank you, brother. AEW got a charcuterie board of booty meat, Tony Storm, Red Velvet, DMD, Sky Blue, and yes, even Aubrey Edwards. To each his own, bro. All I need is some Tony time. That's it for me. Everybody else, you can argue and fight over everybody else. I'm on Tony time. Michael McGee with a 499. Keep up the great work, JD and Jesse. DC Mox turning heel next week. And how long does Darby hold the TNT title? Any update on the Rollins injury? No update on Rollins. I just think Rollins is very good at what he does. Uh, I don't know how long Darby holds the TNT title. Maybe we see Miro. Maybe we see Malachi. Maybe we see Swerve. There are people. It all is up to Tony Khan. And do I see Moxley turning heel? The possibility, bro, is there. Absolutely. Scriptkeeper with a $5 Super Chat. Great show, guys. But I got one question for the chat. Why can't y'all hit the thumbs up? Love you, JD and J. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, a 1,000 likes is all I ask. We have 2,500 people in here tonight, man. All I ask is a 1,000 likes. Philippe. Philippe. Selling us with a new membership. Thank you, Philippe. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Golden Boy with a $2 Super Chat. JD, thanks for all that you do. Safe travels tomorrow. Thank you, brother. Hollywood Guy with a $5 Super Chat. JD, how are you liking the new WWE 2K22 game? Did you enjoy the GM mode or could it have been better? Bro, I... I thought it sucked. I, I stopped playing, bro. It, it, it's just utterly, utterly, utterly boring. Nothing new. Anybody that plays that game religiously is fucking mental. 
Francisco with eight months in the VIP club. Thank you, brother. Eight months and no regrets. This is hands down, hands down the best podcast in the IWC, and it's only going to get better. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Francisco. And then he gives me a $5 super chat. I don't think Bailey will get any heat. I remember Liv taking pics with MJF and then posting them while she was champ and nothing happened. You make a point, Francisco. Triple H is uh, very laxed. These are guys, especially in that sense, he wants MJF. So who gives a shit, right? Matthew Sandate with a 499. Enjoyed my first AEW show live in Seattle tonight. Appreciate everything you do, JD. Thank you, Matthew. I hope you had a great time. Kalo does everything with a 499. Cheers to you, JD. Have a great night. Thank you, Kalo. An American rock star, Patrick Palmer, with a five-month membership in the VIP club. Five months of heading to the venue and drinking fine beverages. Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as they're cold, Patrick. It's all that matters to me. Thank you for the $4.99, Kalo, and thank you for the five months, American rock star Patrick Palmer, man. Guys, we are getting out of here, man. I got to pack up. I got to hit the road at 7.30, flight at 9.30. We're going to Nashville, Tennessee for a couple of days, man. I got business to take care of down there. Plus, I got Jack Daniels to drink, so why the fuck not, man? Why the fuck not? Guys, thank you for a great stream. I appreciate it. Jesse was with me tonight. Uh, if you didn't see him during the Super Chats, that means he is in bed sleeping, hopefully. Uh, he came down with a bout of COVID, and hopefully he gets better relatively soon. But uh, Jesse will be back uh, hopefully next week. Uh, 100%. So uh, that was that. And I appreciate you all joining me tonight on what was a very good podcast. Very good AEW Dynamite. Great, actually. Great start to the new year. And we are rocking and rolling with AEW. They seem to be hitting their stride once again. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys check the subscription boxes tomorrow. We got an extra going up. 40 minutes or so. Roughly coming in at 41 minutes. Extra tomorrow. There'll be some YouTube shorts. We got tons of stuff coming. So make sure you guys subscribe. Hit that subscribe button and turn on the bell for notifications. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all the other content on the channel. And next time you see me, we'll be live. I don't know if I'm taking the venue with me, so you might not be seeing the green screen in Tennessee. I just may be bare bones. No reason to take this fucking monster thing with me. But I'll be live on Friday one way or another. And we'll get the job done on Friday night after SmackDown. Guys, I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. I need those rock on emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. Thank you for a great stream, guys. AEW Dynamite tonight in the books. Great start to the new year. And I will see you all on Friday night live right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.